is MRN's Throwback Thursday, brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. This is Ken Squire. Time now for MRN.com's Throwback Thursday, classic NASCAR races from the Motor Racing Network's Race Archives. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. NASCAR Racing at the Virginia State Fairgrounds in Richmond dates back to 1953 when Lee Petty won a 200-lap event on a half-mile dirt track. Over the years, much has changed here. In 1969, the half-mile was paved. Then in 88, plowed under and the new Richmond International Raceway built on the same site. Now tonight, we open yet another new chapter as for the first time, the Winston Cup Series cars race here under the lights. Rusty Wallace is the fastest qualifier for tonight's Miller 400. Well, I think it'll definitely be exciting. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Richmond at night, I'm going to compare it to Bristol night. I mean, that place just draws the people and the the, um, excitement, the atmosphere, everything for a night race is just really tough. I mean, it's really high. So, uh... I think we're going to go there, and the fans are going to see a race that they'll never forget. A sellout crowd awaits the 21st race of the Winston Cup Series season. Live coverage of the Miller 400 is next. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Good evening, everyone, from the Richmond International Raceway. We're set to get at it here tonight in the 400 lapper, and it should be a dandy. A couple of stories that will certainly follow, and I think the two stories of the race, Alan Bestwick, may end up being, can Dale Earnhardt and that team kind of turn things around? It has been, what, three or four races in a row now that the team has had a little bit of trouble. Some of the other drivers have been creeping up on them in the Winston Cup points chase for the national driving title. And the other thing is there are still several, as we'll put it, high-dollar race teams yet to win their first victory in 1991, notably two of those, Jeff Bodine and Mark Martin. Jeff Bodine needing to win badly in the Budweiser Ford. Not been the kind of year that they expected it to be. And Jeff has a fairly good starting position tonight. They hope to do pretty well in tonight's race. Mark Martin, well, that team has run very well over the last month or so. Having some problems at the beginning part of the season. Jack and Mark and Steve Meal and Robin Pemberton sat down and got back together and started operating once again as a team. They could be a very heavy favorite to win tonight's race. Mark will be starting in the fourth position. He is a former winner at Richmond International Raceway. Of course, others yet to win. Sterling Marlin expected to get into victory lane sometime soon, and time is running out on that team as well. So tonight could be an important night for a lot of drivers. And a lot of drivers are hoping to have a good finish here, if not winning, certainly finishing up in the top five. 36 drivers are set to get down to it here very shortly. Let's go trackside and meet some of the drivers who will be in action here tonight. If there has to be a favorite in this race, I would certainly pick them. And everybody I've talked to in the garage says it may well be the car and driver to beat. And that would be the gentleman who starts on the pole. He has an awful lot at stake here tonight. He can get one of the biggest bonuses in the history of racing right now, picking up a little over $121,000 in the Unical Challenge should he win this race from the pole. Of course, we're talking about Rusty Wallace. Jim Phillips of Newport, Tennessee is standing by with Rusty. Well, a great uh, lap for Rusty Wallace, his second bush pole of the year. The last man to pick up the Unical bonus, 120.5. I know a great lap for you, Rusty, and you went out first. I sure did, Jim. I was real concerned about that, too, because generally the track's a little dirty from the, the downtime between practice sessions and, and the heat and all that. But uh, uh, they kept all the cars off the racetrack after Grand National practice, and uh, the track was in good shape, and I went out and cracked that lap. And, man, I was really happy to get it. The car's been running, boy, really good all week long, and, I thought it should run that speed, but when it ran it, it really surprised me. 
You won at Pocono. You had three or four good finishes in a row, and then a couple of 32nd place finishes in a row. How about tonight? Well, I went to Bristol and was leading that race, and I ran over a piece of debris and had a flat tire and got the wall. And then last weekend, an oil filter clogged up, and it caused the motor to run out of oil. So uh, just two weird things. But tonight, I believe we're set. I mean, we're on the pole. The car's running good. I've told myself, come on, guys, let's just double-check everything. This is a big one for me. Let's get ourselves back on track. And Richmond's always been good for me. So uh, uh, the motor's running great. The chassis's handling well. And uh, all I can tell you, I hope I get all the luck I need tonight. $121,600 bonus from Unical on the line tonight if Rusty Wallace can pull it off. Rusty Wallace is the last driver to have won the Unical Challenge. It was won in the Valleydale 500 at Bristol in April by Wallace. He has a chance at it again tonight. It is the 11th Bush Pole of his Winston Cup career and his first ever at Richmond. The man starting on the outside of the front row has been coming on of late. He won a couple of weeks ago in Bristol, Tennessee. He will start in position number two tonight. That's Alan Kulwicki in the Hooters Ford. Our Winston Kelly of Denver, North Carolina is with Alan. And Alan, Alan Kowicki has had several winning opportunities here at Richmond go by the wayside, foiled by things that are very freak, not of your making, of course. How about tonight's race? Is the car running as well as it has here in the past? I think it has. I'm optimistic about things. Uh, you know, I, it's hard to say who's really going to be the favorite for this race, but I certainly think we'll be one of the contenders. And uh, Hooters Thunderbird's running good, and uh, I'm just looking forward to a good night. It's nice and cool here, and this reminds me a lot of short track races I used to run earlier in my career. I'm ready. Speaking of the cool weather, will that make it a little easier on equipment or tire wear or anything like that? Well, it'll make it easier on the drivers. Uh, you know, I don't know. Actually, the engines put out a little more power when it's cooler, so I don't know if it'll be easier on them or not. They'll run cooler, but that's not necessarily easier. Uh, uh, you know, actually, the pace might be a little bit faster cooler, so they might even turn more RPM. So that's really a toss-up whether it's easier on the engines or not. Starting the Hooters Thunderbird on the outside of the front row tonight, Alan Kowicki. And a driver we talked about that really needs to win a race. The team has seemed to really gel lately. Talking, to Mark, talking about Mark Martin, he'll be starting back in fourth position. Let's see if Jim Phillips has caught up with him. We'll get a quick uh, comment from Mark. Mark, you really need to win a race. This racetrack's been good for you. You've won here before. We're either going to run good, Jim, or real bad. And I'm really, I'm really concerned tonight that... Uh, Maybe our string of great runs might be broken, but I was concerned before Darlington, and we ran so good down there. So maybe we'll be okay. We changed three springs of sway bar and moved some weight before the race, so it's uh, kind of a guess. Mark Martin, good starting spot for him tonight. He's won one time here at Richmond, looking for his second win. Mark Martin trying to come up to victory lane tonight, driving the Folgers Ford. He is fifth in the Winston Cup Series standings right now, but has yet to visit victory lane this year. I think that's pretty much a surprise. The driver starting fifth on the grid tonight is currently leading the NASCAR Winston Cup Series Rookie of the Year standings, locked up in a very tight battle with Wisconsin driver Ted Musgrave. Bobby Hamilton has qualified the country time Oldsmobile in the number five position tonight. Our Winston Kelly is with Bobby. Bobby, another superb qualifying run starting up in the fifth position tonight. How about race strategy? Do you try to keep it up there? Do you settle in a little further back? What exactly do you plan to do this evening? Well, we're going to start off racing a little hard because the car is real well, but if anybody wants to race real hard, we're just going to sort of move aside, take a little bit of the approach like we did at Dalton, sort of race the racetrack and just try to adjust the car till about the halfway mark. Then we're going to try to race and see what we have. Now, this is a track on which you've won before. Do you think that gives you any kind of an advantage? Is it you come in here any more pumped up? Well, you know, I won this race in my rookie year. This is my rookie race in the Winston Cup. I'm not being greedy. I just like to finish in the top 20. How about the rookie standings? Is it to the point now you start thinking about that? 
Yeah, because there's so many races uh, have already been run, and we're starting to throw away races. You know, we throw away X amount of races and start getting into good bonus points. So the better we finish at each one of these races and get them bonus points, that means a lot at the end. Fresh off another top ten last weekend, he'll start fifth tonight in the Country Time Oldsmobile, Bobby Hamilton. Got a feeling Bobby Hamilton can have a good run here tonight. He's real happy with that car, and it has worked extremely well, not only in qualifying, but in both practice sessions that they've had here today. Well, the old man that they call him, Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, just keeps cranking out wins, not only in Bush Grand National Competition, but in Winston Cup. He won here last night in the Autolite 200. Harry Gant will be starting back in 13th position, always a strong contender. Let's get his thoughts with Jim Phillips. Well, he's had two big wins already this year at Talladega and last week at Darlington. Then last night, the first night race ran here for the Bush Grand National Series. Harry Gant pulled it off. Did you learn anything from last night's race, Harry? Well, we tried to uh, do a lot of difference in the cars, difference in the tires. So we hope you learned something, but I'm not sure. <laughs> How about the lights? Well, it took some getting used to it. They pretty light up real good. Everywhere. We had a little problem in fourth turn, but I think they've solved that. You're coming off a big win at Darlington. Richmond, you've never won here at this racetrack. How about your car? Well, we hope we'll be good, but you never know running under different conditions what we tested with. So we'll see. That's Harry again. He's starting 13th in the Skull Oldsmobile. Again, he's won two races already this year, and I don't think anybody expected that. Maybe one, but not two. He's looking for his third win here tonight in the Miller 400. Final moments of pre-race activities taking place down on the start-finish line and victory lane area of the Richmond International Raceway while the drivers are strapping themselves into their race cars. 36 to start the Miller 400, and here's how they'll line up. In the 36th position on a provisional start is Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama. The Alka-Seltzer Pontiac 35th is Ted Musgrave of Franklin, Wisconsin. The Jasper Engines and Transmissions Pontiac. 34th, Joe Rutman of Upland, California. The Dinner Bell Meets Oldsmobile. 33rd is Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. The Big Apple Market Chevrolet. 32nd will be Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, the Motorcraft Ford, and Michael Waltrip will start 31st from Owensboro, Kentucky, the Pennzoil Pontiac. 30th will be Chad Little of Spokane, Washington, in the Tyson Foods Ford, 29th. Kenny Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri will start the Team 3 Racing Pontiac here this evening. 28th, Lake Speed from Jackson, Mississippi, the Phillips 66 Pontiac. 27th, Rick Wilson. He's from Bartow, Florida, in the Snickers Buick. Starting 26, Wally Dollenbach, Jr. of Basalt, Colorado, in the Don Levy Racing Ford. Starting 25th, Dale Jarrett of Conover, North Carolina, the Sitco Petroleum Ford. Starting 24th will be Larry Pearson of Spartanburg, South Carolina, in the Kellogg's Cornflake Chevrolet. 23rd starter, Greg Sachs of Mattituck, New York, in the Campbell's, Campbell's Swanson Oldsmobile. And starting 22nd, Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington, in the Pure Later Filter Chevrolet. 21st, Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York, in the Quaker State Buick. 20th starter will be Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, the Sunoco Oldsmobile. 19th, Richard Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the STP Pontiac. Jeff Bodine goes 18th from Chemung, New York, in the Budweiser Ford. 17th will be Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania, the Mr. Peanut Chevrolet. 16th, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodrench Chevrolet. Sterling Marlin starts 15th from Columbia, Tennessee in the Maxwell House Ford. Bill Elliott will go from the 14th position. He's from Dawsonville, Georgia, the Coors Light Ford. 13th, you heard from Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Skoll Bandit Oldsmobile. 12th will be Rick Mast of Rockridge Baths, Virginia, the Skoll Racing Oldsmobile. And Hutch Strickland will start 11th. He's from Calera, Alabama, the Ray Bestis Buick. Quick look at the top 10. In 10th position, Kenny Schrader of Fenton, Missouri, and the Kodiak Exxon Chevrolet. Starting 9th, Darrell Walter from Franklin, Tennessee, and the Western Auto Chevrolet. The 8th starter is Kyle Petty from Random, North Carolina, the Mellow Yellow Pontiac. The 7th starter, Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, and the Tide Exxon Chevrolet. 
Starting six, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kodak Film Chevrolet. The fifth starter, Bobby Hamilton of Nashville, Tennessee, in the Country Time Oldsmobile. Starting fourth, Mark Martin from Batesville, Arkansas, in the Folgers Ford. Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, will start third. He's in the Texaco Haviland Ford. And on the front row, outside pole, Alan Kulwicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin, in the Hooters Ford. And on the pole, Rusty Wallace from St. Louis, Missouri, in the Miller Genuine Draft Racing Pontiac. 36 cars ready to get down to it here in just a couple of minutes. I think this may be a thing that's here to stay. I think the popularity of the race at Bristol that's been run at night now for a number of years has shown that just that difference of it being at night there's just something about it that uh, I, I don't know if it's the aesthetics of it with the dark background and the the, the paint jobs on the race cars gl- glowing off the lights or i'm not quite sure what it is but it just seems to bring out just a touch more excitement in both the race fans and even for the race teams it's very interesting and obviously the fact that this race has been completely sold out for about the last two and a half weeks now uh, and the large crowd we had here last night for the bush grand national series race says something about uh, the response of the fans to night racing under the lights, just about the only thing you do see is exactly what's going on on the racetrack and what is going on directly in front of you, whereas in the daytime, if something happens out on the horizon or an airplane goes over or whatever, you have a tendency to kind of look at it. Here, your total attention is focused on this racetrack under the lights. Rick Mass talked about uh, running under the lights here at Richmond. He says it's going to be a great show, not only for the fans, but the drivers, just like you said, they kind of like it too. Number one, the biggest thing it's going to do is going to make it real exciting for the fans. Night racing is more exciting than day racing. I don't know why. It just it's more electric or something, you know, it just looks faster. And, and even driving the cars, you know, it's a little more of a challenge. But like I say, I welcome that challenge. I think maybe I have maybe a tick of advantage on some of these guys. Everybody here used to run Saturday night race tracks, but I've probably run them sooner than the last guys that's run them, you know. So maybe I will have an advantage. I don't know. Thoughts of Rick Mass. And incidentally, nine Winston Cup drivers got a taste of what this racetrack will be like, like uh, last night by running in the Autolite 200. So they're going to be a little bit ahead of the guys that are going out for the first time tonight. And they fared pretty well last night, too. Harry Gant winning that race. Dale Jarrett was third. The lights are on in Richmond. Gentlemen, start your engines. And they will fire the engines now on pit road. The Grand Marshal giving the command, and 36 race cars have roared to life down on the pit lane. Rusty Wallace's black and gold Pontiac sitting at the head of the field. Lining up on the outside of the front row, Alan Kulwicki's orange and white Hooters Ford behind the Pontiac Grand Prix safety car. The bright yellow lights now flashing on top of that vehicle as these race fans stand and cheer and get ready to begin tonight's Miller 400. Ricky Rudd was talking about a couple of things that the drivers have had to think about before we started this race tonight, and that is it'll be about 20 to 30 degrees cooler this evening than it was while they were practicing qualifying today, and also the temperature that they're used to practicing qualifying and racing in in years past on this race weekend in September. Ricky said it will affect the car setups somehow. That's going to be a concern. Uh, it's, it's not as bad a concern because it's been overcast skies uh, during practice time and temperatures have been a little cooler than normal here. So uh, pretty much what you got to look out for is, is not choosing the wrong gear ratio. If you put a gear in the car that turns the motor the RPM you'd like to see during the daytime, at nighttime you can figure you will probably turn two or 300 extra RPM at night. It doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're right there on the red line there, then that could, could destroy an engine at nighttime. So you got to be careful on the gear ratio selection. And the other thing is the, the way the car handles at night. Uh, if the car is a little loose during the daytime, usually at night the car will tighten up. So you don't want to have a car feeling real comfortable to you in the, in the heat of the day and then start the race at night thinking you're going to be in good shape. You're probably, the car is going to probably push all night. You're going to be a little bit slow on the watch. 
Remember that the last practice was from 3.30 to 4 o'clock this afternoon when it, when it was about 95 degrees out. It's about 70 right now, and it'll cool off just a touch more as the race rolls along. So it's pretty much a guessing game as to what the chassis setup needs to be to run 400 laps here tonight. And it won't take but about one or two laps, or at least by lap number five, you pretty well can look out on that racetrack and see who has hit the combination and who has missed it. We're talking about the drivers being excited about racing at night, and Jim Phillips, I even think the pit crews get a little more pumped up racing at night. I think they really do, Barney. And one thing they're not fighting is that heat that you fight here at Richmond so much. And I think that would pump anybody up. And all the teams that I talked to, uh, it's been Jeff Hammond, you know, he talked and said that he really liked this uh, nighttime concept. Another thing that you get to be home on Sunday with your family. And a lot of these guys don't get to spend a lot of time with their family. So I think most of the pit crews really like it. Down the pit lane will be the first of the pace laps as the field follows Elmo Langley. He makes the left turn off the banking of turn number four. 55 miles an hour will be the speed on pit road tonight, and all the drivers getting a look at that now on their tachometers, plus a look at where their assigned pit stall is from the cockpit of their race car as they follow the safety car down the pit lane on the first of what will be two pace laps. They move down to the end of pit road, off now into turn number one, and let's take you for a trip around the Richmond International Raceway. If you're not familiar with this racetrack and bring also the fifth member of our broadcast crew into the picture tonight, this is a three-quarter mile oval. It is D-shaped, the front straightaway being the bowed out arc of this corner, leading you down into the banking of turns one and two, which is the tricky spot of this racetrack. Watching things for us there and on the backstretch is Joe Moore of Hampton, Virginia. Thank you, Alan. Good evening, everyone. You certainly called it right. Turn two is the tricky spot here in Richmond. We saw quite a bit of that last night. Seems like out of all the accidents that occurred, just I guess about 75% of them did occur there in turn two. The problem is the drivers want to go down to the inside of the racetrack. That's the fast way around. But later in the race, when the tires start heating up, the car handles pretty well up on the outside. They'll try to make passes on the outside coming through turn number two. And once they come off that corner, the car wants to come way out to the outside wall. Many times you're run out of racing room riding that high line there. And cars, once they get out of the groove, tend to sling around. And there are marks up on the wall there in turn two showing what kind of problems that occurred there last night. Down this back straightaway, plenty of racing room, plenty of room to get into turn number three. A couple of incidents last night when cars got up out of the groove in the loose stuff here in turn three as well and made contact with the outside retaining wall here. Quite a bit of action. We'll be looking for it off turn two and down this back stretch and into turn three tonight. Boy, it's a spectacular spectacular sight with all the fans in the grandstands and the flashbulbs popping from their cameras all around this racetrack as for the final time the field is bunched up behind the safety car we're about half a lap away from going green rusty wallace on the pole outside of the front row is alan kulwicki the second row is davy allison and mark martin then bobby hamilton and ernie irvin 400 laps 300 miles around the richmond international raceway and the miller 400 we're set to go pace car behind the pit wall they're down to the line green flag is in the air wallace on the brake will try to get out front all by himself make it single file into the corner that's exactly what he'll do alan kawicki tucks back in single file and they work out of turn number two and in the back stretch. Davey Allison has the third spot. Fourth belongs to Mark Martin. We're seeing some smoke already out of Mark Martin's Ford, but right now it's not slowing him down. He's racing alongside Ernie Irvin into turn three. Irvin is on the high side of the third turn. Martin is tucked down low. Irvin is going to grab that fourth position. We'll slide Martin back to fifth. Sixth will be Bobby Hamilton. Seventh will be Kyle Petty. Ricky Rudd's going to make a bid there to the inside in turn number one. Rudd goes down to the inside of Bobby Hamilton also trying to get by the Kyle Petty car. The battle still goes on, but behind Rudd. Here comes Darrell Walter to make it three wide on the back straightaway. Walter gets out of the throttle and falls back in line. Ricky Rudd and Bobby Hamilton both got up on the high side coming through three and four. Got squeezed out for just a moment and that allowed Kyle Petty to get by both those cars and move up a 
notch, but you're right. Darrell Waltrip is one of the cars that is on the move. He picks up a couple of spots as they hit turns one and two. Waltrip's running in the ninth position now, bearing down once again on Ricky Rudd, trying to get by. This time, though, he'll settle back in line. Up front, though, it's Rusty Wallace by three car lengths. Wallace leading Allen to Wiki, then it's another half car length. Back to third place, Davey Allison, Ernie Irvin, and Mark Martin. About four more car lengths back to fourth, uh, make that sixth place, Kyle Petty. Right on his bumper is Bobby Hamilton, Ricky Rudd, and Darrell Waltrip. Once again, single file off turn number two, hitting this back straight away. No one stepping out of line as of yet. Rusty Wallace builds up a lead a little bit stronger now over Alan Kowicki. Market at five car lengths. Car that is really slicing through traffic. Picked up a couple of spots already. Started in 16th position. Dale Earnhardt currently is working his way into the 13th spot. He'll take that going off into turn number one, just moving to the outside of Hutt Strickland. He has a couple of cars running door to door directly ahead, but Earnhardt is on the move. That's Bill Elliott and Kenny Schrader directly ahead of Earnhardt. He tries to go to the outside of Schrader. Can't quite do that because Elliott's there, but he does finally shake the Hutt Strickland car. Elliott is on the outside of Schrader. This will be for the 11th spot, and Elliott will get 11th. Put Schrader back to 12th. Earnhardt will rest in 13th. Harry Gant is 14th. Hutt Strickland back to 15th. Battle for the second spot coming off turn two. Davey Allison for a moment dropped to the inside of Alan Kulwicki. He got back in line in single file, however, because Ernie Irvin's right behind him in fourth. This has been a racetrack over the past that we've had a lot of cars get kind of torn up in the early going by racing too hard and not really feeling out the racing surface. The drivers tonight, you've got to give them a lot of credit. They're racing at night for the first time. This is actually the first time that they have been on the speedway under the lights and at night conditions. Although they've had practice, they have not had any night practice. So for the most part, most of the teams told their drivers, and so did the NASCAR officials at the drivers' meeting. Gentlemen, there's a kind of a new element. Use some common sense in the early going. Don't tear up a bunch of race cars the first 40 or 50 laps. Find out what your car will do. And so far, that's exactly what they're doing, even though there is some good racing going on right now, particularly back for about eighth position. Ricky Rudd's in a tussle out of turn two. Bobby Hamilton on the outside of Rudd, and Hamilton's hooked up well in the outside groove of the racetrack. He's not giving it a bit as he maintains his spot right there on the outside of Ricky Rudd. Rudd digging hard down to the bottom of the racetrack. He's also feeling some heat from Darrell Waltrip, who's trying to find out what's going to be the fastest way around, trying to get closer to the front. This will be for the seventh position. Rudd will have seventh for the moment. Now Darrell Waltrip makes a bid for eighth. Rudd opens up the door underneath Bobby Hamilton, and Waltrip does take advantage, grabbing the inside groove. Now he pulls up alongside Bobby Hamilton, but Hamilton's not giving that easily. Darrell Walker, if he gets it hooked up, is one of the best racers in the business. He'll bide his time, pick and choose, but he's racing hard very early in the evening here tonight with just nine laps complete in the Miller 400. Walker will take over another spot. He gets under Bobby Hamilton going into turn number two. Hamilton finally has to get out of the throttle and let him go. He went into turn two just a little bit too high, so he'll lose the position. Further back in the field, Kenny Schrader losing spots. Earnhardt gets by him, and here comes Harry Gant to the outside of Schrader. Gant will look up into the high side of turn Trouble number four. in turn three. Larry Pearson spins around, backs into the outside retaining wall. Also involved the Michael Walter car, and Derek Koch spins at the entrance of turn three. Caution is out for the first time. It comes out on lap number 10. Larry Pearson hard into the third turn wall. You heard Joe Moore describe Derek Cope and Michael Waltrip spinning. Both Cope and Waltrip have driven away, but Pearson's car, Joe, looks pretty severely damaged. A lot of damage to the back end. The car was slipping quite, uh, quite a bit here the last couple of laps going into turn three. This time it slipped just a little bit too much for him. Went completely around. Again, he backed into the wall, did a lot of back damage to the car. The back end of the car is crushed in pretty well. Also, the left front of the car uh, beat up pretty bad, and a couple of tires are cut down on the cars. Larry still sits inside. 
The Miller 400 is under its first caution in the early going. We've completed 14 of 400 laps. Rusty Wallace, the pole sitter, has led from the drop of the green flag and continues to lead under this caution. We have had one yellow flag come out when Larry Pearson crashed in turn three just a moment ago. A number of pit stops being made under this caution. First, let's go to Winston Kelly. Michael Waltrip, Derek Cope, and Kenny Wallace all involved in that incident came in and got two tires the first time around, came back in and got two more tires. Not much damage to the first two automobiles, Waltrip and Cope. A little bit of cosmetic damage to the Kenny Wallace car. They worked on that car and sent him back on the racetrack. Tonight's broadcast of the Miller 400 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Richmond International Raceway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. Field forming up for a single file restart. Pace car takes them up into turns three and four. Now pulls down onto the apron of the racetrack. Rusty Wallace is the leader. Alan Kowicki sits in the number two spot. Davy Allison is third. Ernie Irvin is fourth. Mark Martin is fifth. Green flag is out and they get back down to business here on Saturday night. Shuffling off into turn number one. On the break, Rusty Wallace will get away by some two car lengths over Alan Kowicki. Everybody stays single file through the turn except Earnhardt. Earnhardt will try to make a move on the outside of Bobby Hamilton. Jumping right up there in that outside groove off turn number two. Won't be able to make the spot now, though. It comes back on Hamilton in turn three. Earnhardt and Hamilton racing for the ninth position now. Off of turn number four, Hamilton still hanging tough on the inside. But at the line, Earnhardt nudges out front by about half a car length. And he will get completely out front and close the door as they hit turn one. Now he may not fall back in line right now. Looks like he's... There's trouble in turn number one. Ken Schrader spins in the middle of the field. Everyone going high to avoid him as Schrader's car goes to the bottom of the racetrack. And the caution flies for the second time on lap 17. Ken Schrader's Kodiak Chevrolet breaking loose in turn number two. The car spun harmlessly to the bottom of the track as everyone else avoided. But it has brought out the caution for the second time as Rusty Wallace leads the field back across the start-finish line. That's the most critical corner here at Richmond International Raceway. All the drivers will tell you going off into turns one and two. That turn just shortens up so quick coming out. You you have the car cut like you're, you think you're going to come off the turn real straight. And then all of a sudden, as you get to the exit of the corner, you really have to crank on that wheel hard left again. If that car starts breaking loose, it just about automatically goes up the banking or will spin down to the apron of the track. But in most cases, it'll hit the outside wall. Kenny Schrader keeps it off the wall this time, but it has brought out the yellow for the second time at lap 17. And it will be a very quick yellow as Schrader fired his car up immediately, went back around the racetrack to the tail end of the field without losing a lap, and as the field crosses the start-finish line, they get the one-to-go signal. So we'll go back to racing on lap number 20. Rusty Wallace is the leader. Alan Kulwicki is second. Davey Allison is third. Ernie Irvin runs fourth, and Mark Martin is fifth. Sixth is Kyle Petty. Seventh is Ricky Rudd. Eighth is Darrell Waltrip. Dale Earnhardt is ninth. And Bobby Hamilton is 10th. Ken Schrader is on pit road. Quickly, we go to Jim Phillips. Well, Kenny brings his car in slowly. They go to the right side. They're going to change tires. Just right side tires at this moment. They're not loosening the left side lug nuts since it's one to go. Only right side tires and the top off the tank with fuel. Kenny Schrader will try to get back on the racetrack before the field gets the green, and he will with no problem. Pace car is on pit road. Rusty Wallace eases out of turn number four, and as soon as he gets that car pointed in a straight line, comes up through that gearbox, and again will get away from Alan Kowicki by three, maybe four car lengths before they hit turn one. The scramble's going to be from second place on 
trouble on the front straightaway. Richard Petty and Joe Rutman get together on the restart off of turn number four. They spin across the start-finish line. Petty's car fires. He drives through the infield grass. Rutman's car is sitting on the bottom of the front straightaway. It is not firing, and the caution comes out. Here comes the field off of turn number four. Now Rutman gets the car fired and squeals away, but not until the third caution comes out on lap number 21. Well, this might be a yellow fever night. Let's hope not. We've had three caution flags in the first 21 laps. Rutman's car just stalled momentarily. You can see him letting the clutch out, trying to get it to crank. It wouldn't. And all of a sudden, just as they came out of turn number four, they had to put the caution out. Now Rutman has fired the car and goes on around the speedway. Didn't appear to be too much damage to either one of those cars in that incident, but the yellow flag is out again. Rutman comes around, and this time he's getting a little uh, admonishment, so so to speak, from the NASCAR officials. Well, by the time he got the car fired and took back off, Rusty Wallace had basically lapped him, as had Alan Kowicki, Davey Allison, Ernie Irvin, and Mark Martin. So what's going to happen is Rutman is going to be asked to stop on the racetrack and fall in line behind Mark Martin in the single-file procession. So Joe Rutman will go down a lap. Richard Petty managed to fire up and continue on around before he was lapped by any of the leaders. So Richard Petty will stay on the tail end of the lead lap. And as a matter of fact, he'll head for pit road now. Rutman, Petty, Ken Schrader, and Kenny Wallace driving the Team 3 Pontiac tonight, making his Winston Cup debut in the team that he'll drive for next year. He's also on pit road. Let's check the pit stops first with Winston Kelly. They're going to put on four tires on the Oldsmobile of Joe Rutman, the crew already has the right side tires on now they wheel around to the left side of the car on the Kenny Wallace car they did not change any tires still working on the cosmetic damage on the front end of the car involved in that earlier accident now up to Jim Phillips Richard Petty has a little bit of damage to the front air dam they changed right side tires on his machine Kenny Schrader also took the opportunity to come back in and get those left side tires on but he failed to get the first time around and so it was uh, left side tires for Schrader right side tires for Richard Petty in the uh, garage, you have Larry Pearson. He was first out today, and a real tough one, and very early, Larry. No, oh, I'm fine. Uh, the car's tore up, but, uh, you know, I got a little high on the first lap, and a couple cars got back by me, and I got on the high side, and I come back, and I picked up the rear four positions, and, uh, you know, I guess Michael Walter thought this was a little 10-lap sprint or something, but uh, and he, he hit me going in the three over and spun me around the wall. But, you know, uh, we'll stick around here a little while. If we can't have a little word with him, if not, we'll talk to him up and over. Very early retirement for Larry Pearson and the Kellogg's car. And as we said, there's not a team out there that needs to get a race car wrinkled up, but certainly Larry Pearson and the team did not. We're back under green. Out of turn number four, Rusty Wallace again gets with the program. Ernie Irvin will make a bid for third place underneath Davey Allison in turn number one. They touch a little bit. Allison doesn't want to give up the spot. They're out of two. Irvin slides by him, grabs the position, closes Allison off on the outside lane. He can't get back in line. Here's Mark Martin trying to fill the spot underneath Davey Allison. Mark Martin now looking underneath, but Ernie Irvin will still have to contend with Allison as Allison comes off of turn Turn four, very strong. The Haviland car, lots of horsepower from Robert Yates as usual. And this will be a wheel-to-wheel battle for third position. Davey's still on the outside of Ernie Irvin. The third-place battle going on. Meanwhile, behind them, back for six. Dale Earnhardt picks up a spot as he goes by the Kyle Petty car. Yep. But back at third still, it's Ernie Irvin on the inside of Davey Allison. Rusty Wallace has led from the drop of the green flag. Alan Kowicki remains second. Third is Davey Allison. Ernie Irvin is fourth. And Dale Earnhardt, who has started himself pretty good ways back in the pack in the 16th spot, has worked his way all the way up to the fifth spot. Sixth is Mark Martin. Seventh is Kyle Petty. Darrell Waltrip is eighth. Ricky Rudd is ninth. And rookie driver Bobby Hamilton runs 10th. Back in 11th is Harry Gant. Bill Elliott is riding along in 12th. 13th is Rick Mass. 14th is Sterling Marlin. Hut Strickland round out the top 15. As Rusty Wallace continues to put the Pontiac out front. 
A moment ago, it looked like Alan Kowicki might be able to get up there and put a charge on him. He got within about a car length, but all of a sudden, Rusty has just found a groove he can live with with no traffic directly ahead. He can pick and choose exactly where he wants to put that racetrack, and that'll give him a little advantage to turn a little better lap times in the cars that are back there working side by side or have traffic in front or in back of them. Wallace is out of turn two. Some of the best battling going on back of the field ways, back for about the 12th spot. Harry Gantz working on Ricky Rudd. Rudd was in a battle with Darrell Walter several laps ago. Walter finally got by Ricky, and now now here comes Harry Gant to go by the Ricky Rudd car. Rudd starting to slide back in the field just a bit. Not totally unexpected because, as we talked just a couple of minutes ago, the drivers had no night practice. All their practice was during the day. The chassis setup for tonight was pretty much a guessing game. And you, kind of Mark Martin, I think, said it at the top of our show, you were either going to be real good or you were going to be real bad, depending on how you guessed. So it's not all that unusual to see, for example, Earnhardt start in the back and come to the front. They guessed good, obviously. He's running well. Rudd started up towards the front. He's sliding to the back a little bit, and that can all change very drastically after we hit the first round of pit stops. They'll make some chassis adjustments and work with the tires on the car, and uh, that doesn't necessarily mean if you're running poorly now, it's going to stay that way. And change. We'll see adjustments all night long because every team here anticipated that. Jimmy Means is on pit road. Winston Kelly. Yes, the car went by the last time around, Barney. It sounded like it had lost the cylinder. The crew raised the hood on the car and looked underneath it. Now Jimmy has shut the engine off on the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac. So it looks like the problem might be terminal or at least very serious for Jimmy Means. Jimmy Means, Jimmy Means is another car and a team that really needs a couple of good runs here before the season closes out in 1991. Not good. They're pushing him down pit road right now. Likely will take the car behind the wall, but hopefully they can get it repaired and get it back into the race. 39 laps are being shown complete. Tonight in the Miller 400 here at Richmond International Raceway, Rusty Wallace ahead now by some eight or nine car lengths. That's been his advantage for about the last 10 laps around this racetrack. Riding along in the second spot is Alan Kowicki. And for the moment, Joe Moore, the front five have quite a bit of daylight between them. Rusty Wallace has about five or six car lengths now over Kowicki. I guess the closest thing to a battle among the top five cars or so is Davey Allison right up there on the rear deck of the Alan Kowicki car. One car making some good moves to the field is last night's winner, Harry Gant. He started back kind of far in the field last night. Matter of fact, almost dead last. Came back to win the Plat Autolite Platinum 200 race. And tonight, Gant started back about 16th or so. He now has moved up to the eighth spot and is bearing down now the seventh place car of Kyle Petty as they come back to turn three. Over the last Last three laps, Gant moved around. Ricky Rudd got underneath Darrell Walchip. Now he is working on Kyle Petty as that pair of cars crosses the start-finish line. Everyone on the lead lap that's on the racetrack except the Joe Rutman car. He's two laps down, and we watch Harry Gant battle Kyle Petty off of turn two. He'll dive to the inside or at least look to do that coming off turn number two, but he thinks better of it for now. Gant falls back in line in single file following Kyle Petty. One of the best races on the speedway is way back in the pack for 21st position. Brett Bodine and Michael Waltrip have really been getting with the program over there. And also locked up in that battle right now is Rick Wilson. They get three deep for just a moment going off into turn number three. Come across the start-finish line. Brett Bodine and Michael Waltrip really getting with the program. Brett will pick up 21st position now as they work back into turn number one. Kenny Schrader to the outside of Michael Waltrip trying to follow the line. Opened up by Brett Bodine coming off turn number two. Michael doing all he can down on the inside of the racetrack. But looks like the outside lane is the one that will advance. Brett gets by and here comes Kenny Schrader. Schrader trying to work his way all the way back up from the back of the pack. If you weren't with us just a couple of moments ago, Schrader spun all by himself down in turn number one and had to go to the tail end of the field. And he was restarted that uh, on that restart in 33rd position and has now worked his way up to 22nd. 
Dale Jarrett is on pit road in the Wood Brothers car, taking right side tires, an unscheduled pit stop for that automobile. Winston Kelly? Yes, they are. They're going to the right side of the Wood Brothers Sitco Ford Thunderbird. We can't tell at this particular point the tire had gone down. He gets the right side rubber, and he's off and away going very slowly down pit road in that 55 mile per hour speed limit. We'll check with Leonard Wood and see if there was a problem on that right side tire. Dale Jarrett will go back out of the speedway, and he is going to lose at least a lap. 46 are on the scoreboard. Two laps is what he is, and the indication is now from NASCAR timing and scoring. Meanwhile, back at the front of the pack, Rusty Wallace is still the leader. Alan Kowicki now beginning to close in a little bit. He's cut it down to maybe two car lengths on the leader as they work out of turn number four and back into the straightaway. Davey Allison has been unable to get up there and mount much of a charge at all. Perhaps Davey Allison just kind of saving his equipment a little bit right here, waiting like a lot of the teams to get on pit road and make a few chassis adjustments to get the car to their liking. Ernie Irvin is back in fourth, and fifth is Earnhardt. Six right now is Mark Martin. They're over in turn three. Harry Gant back at the seventh spot. Eighth behind him now will be the Kyle Petty car. Ninth is Darrell Waltrip rounding out the top ten. At this point is Ricky Rudd. Eleventh will be Bill Elliott. Twelfth is Bobby Hamilton. Rick Mast is thirteenth. Sterling Marlin is fourteenth. Morgan Shepard runs fifteenth. Sixteenth is Hutch Strickland. Terry Labonte is seventeenth. Eighteenth, Jimmy Spencer. Greg Sachs is nineteenth. Ken Schrader is twentieth. Twenty-first is Rick Wilson. Brett Bodine is twenty-second. Chad Little, 23rd. Michael Waltrip, 24th. 25th is Lake Speed. 26th is Derek Cope. Dave Marcus runs 27th. Jeff Bodine is 28th. Wally Dallenbeck is 29th. And Kenny Wallace runs 30th. We're 49 laps into the Miller 400. The Miller 400 has just gone under caution for the fourth time. Comes out on lap 55 for a problem in turn two. Trouble spot on this racetrack. Turn two is called for another driver. This time, Chad Little came in a little bit high, got out of the groove. The car backed into the outside retaining wall and rolled back down the track. It's come to a rest on the inside of the racetrack. Put us under caution for the fourth time this evening. It did come out at lap number 55. And as they said, that is a trouble spot on this racetrack. And we'll get the thoughts of some of the drivers that we have on tape about just how critical that corner is before the evening goes by. Already four cautions and 55 laps. Could be one of those nights. <laughs> We've seen them here at Richmond just like last night. The Bush Grand National Race, we had a pretty good bit of yellow fever in that race. Before we go to green, to our caution flag pit stops as most of the leaders head down pit road. Let's go to the garage and Bill Bowser. Well, Jimmy Means told us early on this evening things weren't hooked up well, but did you think you'd uh, last this long? Well, we had a disappointing qualifying run, but we're finally in the race. Alex says upon it, it wasn't hooked up too bad. We were looking pretty good, and uh, sitting there, you know, and gaining a little bit, uh, we weren't losing anything, but uh, must have been something in the valve train gave up. Some pretty close running out there. Yeah, you know, uh, a little uh, shoving here and there, but that's short track racing. Pit Road is a busy place. Jim Phillips? Well, the leaders on Pit Road, they're putting on four tires of Rusty Wallace's car. Same service for Bill Elliott on down the line to uh, Terry Labonte. Alan Kowick is in for four tires of gasoline. The Budweiser car for Jeff Bodine. Dale Earnhardt has completed his stop and beat Rusty Wallace out of the pit as Wallace got locked in behind Bill Elliott. Winston Kelly. The first car in and out on this end of pit road was Davey Allison. Other cars getting four tires and gasoline include Kenny Wallace, Lake Speed, Darrell Waltrip, Ricky Rudd, Brett Bodine, Derek Cope, Michael Waltrip, Morgan Shepard, all these cars getting four tires and gasoline. The second wave of pit stops now going on with drivers who are a lap or more down include Joe Rutman, Michael Waltrip just coming in. These cars getting four tires and gasoline. 
Chad Little's car limping onto the pit road after an assist from the wrecker as well. Tonight's broadcast of the Miller 400 being heard on 269 radio stations in 30 states. And it is a pleasure to welcome to our broadcast booth one of our very long-time and loyal affiliates, the president of WHAP Radio in Hopewell, Virginia, Bruce Conan. Bruce, congratulations. I understand the radio station celebrating its 40th anniversary this week? Well, we're uh, we've been on the air 42 years. What we're celebrating is uh, our 20th season of broadcasting NASCAR racing and having the MRN radio affiliation, which has been one of the uh, harbingers of our success all these many years of uh, being the successful station. Uh, MRN radio has been a major, major part of that success story, Alan. Has it been 20 years already? Time flies <laughs> when you're having fun. It's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Bruce, you've been around this sport for quite a while. I think you're probably as amazed as anybody of the tremendous growth and, and acceptance that it has in this Richmond, Virginia area among all the fans. It's phenomenal, Alan, how fast it's grown. Uh, in just a very short time, I remember not too long ago, it was Richmond Fairgrounds Raceway. It was a half-mile track. It only seated about 35 or 40,000 people, and tonight, You've got a three-quarter mile super speedway. You've got 65,000 uh, fans here. You've had a, a sellout for over three months. And uh, it is, it's phenomenal uh, how exciting and how important uh, the motorsports are to the Richmond, Virginia area. Think about any of us that ever gets into radio uh, dreams of someday owning our own radio station. I understand you've just uh, put the package together to make WHAP your very own, and you're to be congratulated. Well, it's it's been one of those things. The other kids uh, in the neighborhood used to play cops and robbers. I used to play disc jockey, and uh, so I've had the bug many, many, many years. And this is a realization of a dream. I'm very. Uh, uh, excited, also very nervous uh, because I've got a debt service to pay all of a sudden and the mortgage is bigger than my annual salary. But it's uh, it's an exciting thing. And again, I owe a lot of the success of the uh, operation and the opportunity to own WHAP to uh, the NASCAR Racing Affiliation and you folks at MRN Radio. You guys have been absolutely fantastic all these years. We and uh, the race fans of the Richmond area appreciate your great support. Thanks for visiting with us and enjoy the rest of the race. Bruce Conant of WHAP Radio, one of our MRN affiliates for over 20 years in Hopewell, Virginia. Time really flies when you, as he said, having fun, and we have a lot in this business. Right now, 60 laps are on the board. The indication is we're going back under green flag conditions. Pace cars on pit road. They're out of turn number four. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. Some good pit work puts him at the front of the pack as he takes the green and hauls it off into turn number one. Alan Kowicki rides second. Rusty Wallace is third. The real scramble is for fourth place as they work through turns one and two. That is a dandy. Kyle Petty's trying to get by some of the lap traffic there in the fourth position. Down to the inside of the track is Ted Musgrave. Finally, he gets out of the way. Kyle is able to get by. He takes with him Ernie Irvin, Davey Allison, Darrell Walter, and Hunt Strickland. And a couple of spots farther ahead. Rusty Wallace dealing with the Joe Rutman car. Rutman running two laps down on the racetrack now. Wallace circles to the outside of him and now to the outside in turn one is Kyle Petty. Petty goes to the outside of Joe Rutman and try to bypass that car. Following him will be Ernie Irvin here on the back stretch, but it's Earnhardt leading the way. Alan Kowicki, though, looks to the inside. Can't quite make his move yet. Kowicki puts it down to the bottom of the racetrack. That's been his strong suit all night. It's coming through three and four. He's been able to get low on the racetrack. Rusty Wallace is about to get even lower. He tried to get underneath Kowicki and make them three deep going off into turn number one, and something would have really flew had they went off into the corner. Wallace gets tapped a little bit by Earnhardt. Almost turned that car around. Ernie Irvin's going to get by as Wallace comes out of the throttle. Kyle Petty had to get out of the throttle also, and he's going to lose at least three or four positions. 
Big break for Alan Kowicki, though. It lets the leader get away now by 15, 20 car lengths. Earnhardt is second. Hot scramble still going on for third position. Davey Allison at the bottom of the racetrack. Ernie Irvin on the outside off turn two. Irvin's got his car out in front of Davey Allison. Coming through turn number two. Davey tries to dig back down to the inside of the track, but can't quite do it. He'll fall in line to hold on to the fourth spot. Davey Allison just could be a nominee for the Pete Cool Move of the Day Award. The MRN crew will vote that at the end of today's broadcast and award that $500. When Earnhardt and Wallace got stacked up in front of him, Allison just hung a hard left and mashed the throttle. He now will challenge Earnhardt and Ernie Irvin for the second and third spots. Irvin's down on the inside of Earnhardt, and he will slide by and pick up the second spot. Rusty Wallace, meanwhile, on the move further back in the field. He tried to get around the Davey Allison car, but he may lose a spot to Darrell Waltrip. And we're seeing these cars race a little bit harder after that round of pit stops. Quite a few chassis adjustments being made on that first round of pit stops here for them. The cars are sticking a little better, and they're taking a little more chances going through the corners. Alan Kowicki is the leader, still in the number two spot. Ernie Irvin continues to move up. Earnhardt currently is third. He's got his hands full right now with Davey Allison in turn three. Allison down on the inside, trying to pull up alongside. He will and make a bit of contact in turn four. Earnhardt's car pushing in the corners, meaning when he gets into the middle of the turn, the car doesn't want to go left for him. It wants to keep going straight. He's having to go way up into the high groove at both ends of the racetrack, and that's going to allow a bunch of people to get underneath him. Again, this is the third-place battle between Earnhardt and Davey Allison. Allison gets the nose of the four out in front here on the back straightaway, but Earnhardt battles back on the outside. They're dead even in turn four. They've been that way for the last three or four laps around. Earnhardt's out in that high groove. Dale's car not really sticking at the bottom of the racetrack and has not all evening. He's had a little bit of a handling problem with it. I'm sure they'll continue to work on it to get it to get the bite he needs in the corner because everybody that's been able to get around him has been able to duck underneath the Dale Earnhardt. 68 laps on the board. All of a sudden, the fans are not real sure which battle they want to watch, the one for the lead or the one back for fifth or sixth or even further back. The battle for the lead is still a good one. Ernie Irvin goes underneath Alan Kowicki out of turn number four. He's got a fender alongside this time. They race across the start-finish line. Let's see if anything gives as they hit turn number one. Irvin's car sticking real good at the bottom of the racetrack, and he will take over the lead as they exit turn two at lap number 72. The fourth different driver to lead the Miller 400 is Ernie Irvin. He put the Kodak Chevrolet out front just three laps ago, but he may not keep it long. Davey Allison has moved around Alan Kulwicki, and Allison is challenging Irvin for the lead off of four. He's been there a couple of times, hasn't been able to do anything with him so far, but Allison's car working a lot better also. They made some adjustments on his car, and you can tell as he goes off into the corner, they find, finally found a line he can live with. Good battle going on between Dale Earnhardt right now and Daryl Walker as they work out of turn number two and head for three. That's a fifth-place battle, and it's Walter down on the inside of the track trying to get the spot underneath Earnhardt. Plenty of racing room to do it there because, as we told you earlier, Earnhardt's not able to hold the inside line. Down the front straightaway, that battle for the lead continues with Allison up alongside Irvin, this time in turn two. Davey Allison with the four down on the inside of the Chevrolet of Ernie Irvin. They'll come off the corner side by side. The nose of the Chevrolet out in front just a bit, but Allison again tries to pull even in turn three. Davey Allison sticks it right down to the bottom of the racetrack. On the high side is Ernie Irvin. They come out of the corner. Davey won't be able to grab the lead this time. Hut Strickland was locked up back there as a lap car. A couple of laps down, I believe, is what he is. He uh, spent a lot of time on pit road a moment ago. Winston Kelly, what was the story there? The Jimmy Finning-led crew had to change a carburetor on the Ray Brestis. Buick, he lost two laps in the pits, but apparently they did get the problem fixed as he's able to hang with the 6th and 7th running cars of Darrell Waltrip and Kyle Petty. 
This Mean car still running real good, but the car that is really moving up now is Wallace again. Wallace, the pole sitter who led the first 56 laps of this race, has just moved around Alan Kulwicki. He will grab the third position, kick Kulwicki back to fourth. Fifth is a toss-up on the backstretch. Walter down on the inside of Dale Earnhardt. That's Darrell Walter running alongside Earnhardt. Earnhardt beats him into turn number three, holds the spot, but Darrell tries to pull back alongside. Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt fighting for the fifth position side-by-side across the start-finish line. 80 of 400 laps complete. Our last caution that came out a couple of laps ago was for Chad Little spinning in turn two. Bill Bowser is with him. Chad, they're working on the front end of the car. Do you think they're going to be able to get it ready to go back out? Yeah, I mean, they'll get it back out, but it's not going to be the same. I mean, you know, we hit the wall hard down there. Late speed bumped me going into turn uh, one and spun around and, uh, you know, I hit the wall pretty hard on the driver's side and, you know, it's, it's too bad. Uh, the Tyson Ford is running good and uh, we, were, we were moving up and, um, I guess, you know, some of these drivers, they have no patience at all. You know, I don't understand it, but it happens over and over and over. And, you know, you say to yourself, uh, where do you draw the line? You know, uh, I'm getting tired of it. And, um, you know, uh, uh, and I don't have any kind words to say about it right now. Thoughts of Chad a little very upset, and he's very right because we do see a little bit more of that every week, and there has to be a line somewhere. And pretty soon, all the old drivers, the guys that's been around a while, say, you know, they don't respect anybody anymore. And you see an awful lot of stuff go on early in the race that really shouldn't be happening. Rick Mass just almost uh, popped the wall. In fact, he did brush it going through turns one and two just a moment ago. He has brought his car on the pit road. Let's get a report. Well, it came in just a while ago, Barney. They had a piece of metal in the rear of that machine that was hanging down, but it was secure. So they put a chassis adjustment on the car. Bob Johnson went out with the ratchet, put a couple of rounds of wedge in it. Evidently, he was loose. He went back out of the racetrack and then brushed the wall. They're changing all four tires on his machine right now. But the car is down. They're trying to pull some of the sheet metal away from the right side to try to get him back on the racetrack. Rick Mass will go back onto the speedway here in just a few moments. Did do a little sheet metal damage to the car. Meanwhile, that battle for the lead is still a pretty good one coming out of turn number four. Davey Allison just doesn't want to give up on Ernie Irvin, and Ernie Irvin seems just to determine that he's not going to lose the lead. Allison goes after him this time in turn number one. Sticks that car right down to the bottom of the racetrack, and he may or may not get it out of turn two. Allison's right up alongside Irvin here about halfway down the back straightaway, but Irvin has a nose in front coming into turn three. His car goes up the bank just a tad. Here comes Davey again on the inside. Contact and they come off of turn number four and Allison's car breaks loose just a bit. Trying to hold that car down to the bottom groove when you come off these corners at either end of the racetrack is not an easy thing to do, especially over in turn two, Joe. I'll tell you, we've seen that so many times already this evening, only after 86 laps of racing. But for now, they'll keep it single file. Irvin in front of Allison, then Kent Rusty Wallace running third. MRN Radio coming to you tonight live from Richmond, Virginia. We are watching Ernie Irvin barely hold off Davey Allison. Rusty Wallace hanging a couple of car lengths further back in third. Then about half the distance to the backstretch. Back to fourth place, Darrell Waltrip. Alan Kulwicki runs fifth. Sixth is Dale Earnhardt. Seventh is Harry Gant. Eighth on the racetrack at the moment will be the automobile of Kyle Petty. Ninth is Ken Schrader. Bill Elliott rounds out the top ten. Rick Mast brought his automobile behind the pit wall just a moment ago. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, they're continuing to work on the car. We'll see if we get a quick word from Rick. Rick, what happened? Uh, on that last restart up there, we went to take off, and everybody got jumbled up in the car behind me. I guess he was running about 80 miles an hour and hit me in the back, and it bent the rear clip in against the panhard bar, and then they got the back end bound up, and then I spun out when that happened and hit the ball. So a lot of work still to do on this car. They're going to try to get him back in the race, but it's going to be a long night for Rick Mast. 
Morgan Shepard was on pit road just a moment ago and now has gone back onto the racetrack also. 95 laps are complete in the Miller 400 here at Richmond International Raceway under the lights for the first time for the Winston Cup cars. And as we said, the fans have really got their nickels worth if they stop this race right now. Now the leaders are going to be closing in on the tail end of the field. They'll have to work their way through some lap traffic here in the next three or four circuits around this racetrack, and that's about to happen over in turn three. Dave Marcus will be the first car to run up on, also the car of Derek Cope directly ahead of the race leaders, and that battle for the lead is not over yet. Allison wants a piece of Ernie Irvin, but for now can't quite get the car hooked up on the low side of the corners, both coming off turn four and two, and as long as Irvin protects the bottom, he's going to hang on to the lead. One car way high in turn two. That's Ted Musgrave directly in front of the race leaders. He got out of the running groove, went way up, but got out of the throttle, got on the liners just in time to save the car. Now the leader's moving up and bypassing Musgrave. And Rick Mascar comes out from behind pit wall and we go back into the competition here at the Speedway, so that'll leave only three cars behind the wall right now. Chad Little Jimmy Means and Larry Pearson are out of the event as Rick Mass will go back onto the speedway. 98 laps are complete. So far, Ernie Irvin has managed to take everything they've thrown at him since he's gone into the lead. Nobody's been able to take it away. Davey Allison's been up there a time or two. Rusty Wallace had the best seat in the house for about 15 laps as he rode behind those two door-to-door, -door, watching to see what was going on, maybe hoping they might slip a little bit, and he could scoot back into the lead. Now Rusty backs out of it a little bit, and there's about five car links back there in third place. Davey Allison having a good run. The first time they opened this racetrack for the first initial event here, at this new three-quarter mile facility. Davey just came up here and busted everybody's rear end and won the race. But since that time, Davey told me today, they've been really struggling. Well, Barney, we came here for the first race in 1988 on the new surface, which was this race three years ago. We qualified on the pole, we led the most laps, and we won the race. And ever since then, it just seems like we've been backing up. We haven't been able to, to come here and, and be consistent. We got a couple more top five finishes in there, but... Uh, you know, this year earlier, we qualified on the pole. We led about 40 laps, and then we started backing up. We ended up finishing 12th. You know, so we're, we're hoping we can turn that back around. We came here and tested. The car ran good in the test. We qualified good yesterday. And, uh, you know, if, if everything goes like the indications have been so far, I think we'll race good. That's exactly what he's doing right now. He's been up there challenging for the lead for the last 20 or 30 minutes here, but he hasn't been able to take it away from Ernie Irvin. And again, the leaders, lap traffic is going to be a big player in this game before it's over. They've got 12 cars directly ahead. They'll need to thread their way through as they work out of turn two. Irvin did a real good job working his way through that last pack of traffic. We'll see what he'll face this time. Closing out on a different group, Richard Petty in that pack, along with a Rick Mast car and Brent Bodine directly ahead of the race leader. Our race has just passed the one-fourth portion. 400 laps make up the distance, and the leaders cross the start-finish line to complete the 103rd lap. If you're just joining us, we've already had four cautions. The first came out on lap 10 when Larry Pearson crashed in turn three. Ken Schrader spun on lap 18. He continued away on lap 21. Richard Petty and Joe Rutland got together on a restart. Both spun, both continued away, and then Chad Little found the wall in turn number two on lap number 55. Larry Pearson has retired from the race. Jimmy Means has retired. Chad Little's car is in the garage but being worked on and here's how they stand after 104 laps. Ernie Irvin leads. Davey Allison is second. Rusty Wallace third. Darrell Waltrip is fourth and fifth is Alan Kulwicki. Sixth is Harry Gant. Seventh, Dale Earnhardt. Ken Schrader is eighth. Ninth is Kyle Petty and Bill Elliott runs tenth. Eleventh is Mark Martin. Ricky Rudd will be running twelfth on the racetrack. 13th at this point will be the Sterling Marlin car. Jeff Bodine is 14th, and Lake Speed is 15th. 16th, Greg Sachs. 17th, Michael Waltrip. 
Bobby Hamilton 18th, 19th Kenny Wallace, 20th is Terry Labonte, Jimmy Spencer is 21st, and 22nd is Brett Bodine. All those cars running on the lead lap. One lap down, and running in the 23rd position is Richard Petty. 24th on the racetrack will be Derek Cope, 25th Dave Marcus, Morgan Shepard 26th, 27th Wally Dallenbach, and Rick Wilson 28th. Two laps down in 29th is Ted Musgrave, 30th is Hutt Strickland, Joe Rutman is 31st, 32nd is Dale Jarrett, 33rd in many laps. Trouble out of turn number four, Kyle coming out of that corner, a couple of cars got together, Dale Jarrett's going to end up spinning the car out, goes all the way down on the grass as some hard racing was going on back about midway through the pack, no contact with him other than just getting a little shove in the rear of the car as he came across the start finish line, no caution is on the speedway, and this race will remain under green, but a close call for Dale Jarrett. From the Richmond International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up five quarts of Castrol Edge full synthetic motor oil for $33.99 and get a $15 O'Reilly gift card by mail. Plus, you'll earn double O Rewards points during O Rewards Member Appreciation Month only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Our dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Chris Crockett, straight from the NASCAR stands, here with another member of our Toyota racing family, Jason. Hi there. Oh, you seem impatient. Oh, well, I've been holding it in for a while. A while? Since it started. The race? No, the season. Wow. Guess you don't want to miss any action. Nope, I don't. Oh, did you just see Denny Hamlin take the lead? I haven't taken my eyes off him. Jason, you don't look so good. Can I offer you some water? Absolutely not. NASCAR and Toyota Racing. With a family like this, who knows the places we'll go in the playoffs? Learn more at toyotaracing.com. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Ernie Irvin continues to lead the Miller 400 in Richmond, Virginia, as he comes off of turn number four. He will complete the 114th of the 400-lap distance. Davey Allison runs second. A good distance back to third place, Rusty Wallace. Another good distance, about two seconds. Back to fourth place, Darrell Waltrip. And currently, Harry Gant is running fifth. Gant winning the Autolite 200 here last night for the Bush Grand National Series and winning last weekend at Darlington on kind of a roll. And Harry Gant would like to keep that going with a victory tonight. Right now, he runs fifth. Harry Gant's just kind of taking his time. He's not going to overextend that car. He's not only is he one of the best drivers as far as being in physical shape right now, but Harry Gant has also turned into a very smart race driver in the last four or five years and has put him in victory lane several times. 115 are on the board. Tell you what, Ernie Irvin is making Davey Allison really work for every foot he gains on this racetrack. He's made that car about three 
to five feet wide on both sides. Every time Davy has tried to scoot around him, coming through three and four seems to be Davy Allison's strong suit trying to get around. But Ernie Irvin has used up an awful lot of racetrack to keep him back there so far. Winston Kelly is in Davy Allison's pit. They don't seem too excited down there. Seem to be very calm. Larry McReynolds standing here on the wall with Robert Yates, timing some of the cars. Larry, what's Davey saying about the car? Is he pleased with it? Yeah, it's pretty pleased. We're a little bit loose off, you know. He, he made a run at Ernie a while ago. I told him it's just too early in the race. Got too much to gain, too much to lose. His mics, we're just going to sit there and ride. Watch the laps wind down and see what happens. That's Larry McReynolds, the crew chief on the Haviland Texaco Ford. And as we speculated during a commercial break earlier, Davey just kind of sitting back there riding behind Ernie Irvin. One of the cars that they're timing down here in this pit is the Kenny Schrader car, the Kodiak Chevrolet, one of the faster cars on the racetrack. He seems to be catching the race leaders. Davey Allison was going to be patient according to his crew chief, but while Larry was telling us that, Davey stuck the Haviland Ford down to the bottom of turn four, pulled up alongside Irvin again, trying to make a run at the lead, but Joe Moore, when he got over into turn number two, he had his hands full. Yeah, the car slipped a little bit coming off the corner. He had to get out of the throttle and fall back in line, but he still just enters off the rear deck of Irvin. And he looks like a man on a mission. He's not about to give up on Ernie Irvin out of turn number four. He's there. He's got a line down to the inside. If he can get on that throttle and stay in it and get into the corner and get underneath Ernie Irvin, he's going to take over the lead and that's exactly what he does for the moment but they come off the corner dead heat about halfway through turns one and two Davey got a fender out in front but off the corner Irvin got the good bite of the outside groove he slugged back around and held on to the lead for now Allison just can't seem to get all that horsepower hooked up to the bottom of the racetrack in turn number two so even though he's pulling up alongside Irvin down the front straight well what we've seen at least eight nine times now he can't seem to make it stick at the bottom of the corner he's going to try it again he'll shoot to go down to the inside of the track but this time he'll fall back and line and follow the tire tracks of Ernie Irvin here on the back straightaway. He's been able to get a good run at Ernie a couple of times coming off turn number four, get a fender along, and the last time he really took a chance, just drove that car about as deep as you certainly want to put one off into turn number one and hope it doesn't break loose. It paid off for the lead, but only for about Oh, 10 or 20 feet there, and then Davey Allison had to back off and scoop back into the number two spot. Rusty Wallace is dropping back just a little bit from the front twosome. Doesn't seem to be having all that much trouble, but the car is not quite sticking like it should, Joe Moore. Rusty's not having a lot of success working through some of the lap traffic the race leaders have gone through. Also, we're keeping a close eye on Dale Earnhardt. He seems to be going backwards as well, just losing a spot to Bill Elliott and Kyle Petty in the last lap, and Earnhardt now about to lose a spot to Ricky Rudd. Just past the one-quarter point of the race, and so far, Rusty Wallace leads standings and the True Value Hard Charger Award points given to the drivers in the top five on each and every lap. Alan Kowicki is second. Third is Davey Allison. Ernie Irvin is fourth and Earnhardt is fifth in the True Value Hard Charger standings. Also tonight, the folks at Tyson will award $1,500 to the driver who turns in the fastest lead lap. It's called the Lickety Split Award, sponsored by Tyson, the official chicken of NASCAR. Another car that we expected to run extremely well here tonight was Jeff Bodine. He dropped back in the opening gun here tonight, fell back way to about 25th or 26th position, but now is beginning to come back up a little bit. He is up to 13th position, and Jim Phillips is in that vicinity also. We might have him get a word with crew chief Tim Brewer, because a couple of times they seem to about midway in this race really get their car going and dialed in and have almost won it a couple of times, but for the moment... Uh, it's obvious, too, that he's having a little trouble getting through both ends of the speedway. Davey Allison continues to work on Ernie Irvin, and the way they're getting around this racetrack, the lap times they're turning, they're driving these cars just about to the limit. It's obvious because they have now pulled away from Rusty Wallace by just about a full straightaway, so they're still really standing in the throttle, not saving anything on the two machines. Davey out of turn number two takes a look, and that's about all he can do. 
about the most thing that Davey's doing is staying right in the same line that Ernie Irvin is cutting around this racetrack. He must be pretty happy with that particular groove. Only every now and then do we see him sneak down to the inside of the track, off turn four and a few times off turn number two. But again, the car is just not looking up down to the bottom of the racetrack. So about all he can do for now is follow at the tire tracks of Ernie Irvin, and especially shortly, as once again they'll close in on some lap traffic. The Kenny Wallace car directly ahead of the race leaders. Within another lap, they'll be catching he and the Michael Waltrip car. Watching uh, Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt race side by side for position as well. They'll be racing for 10th and 11th, of course, coming into this race. Earnhardt leading Rudd by 89 points in the battle for the million-dollar Winston Cup championship. Rudd is going to try and sneak by on the inside and pick up that spot from Dale Earnhardt. Now, last week, something interesting happened down at Darlington. Dale Earnhardt led a lap early in the race, picked himself up five bonus points. You get five bonus points in the Winston Cup championship if you lead a lap. The driver who leads the most laps gets another five bonus points. Rudd never got the opportunity to lead a lap during last Sunday's race at Darlington, so Earnhardt was able to gain five points on him that way. Now, the interesting thing to watch tonight will be this. Earnhardt has already led a lap under the uh, first caution flag pit stops that came back on lap number 56. Earnhardt's car was first out of the pits. He has picked up five bonus points on Ricky Rudd tonight. The question is, will Waddell Wilson and the Tide team use their pit strategy to try and perhaps stay out on the racetrack and get those five bonus points back from Dale Earnhardt before they see how the end result of the race will be. We'll be interested to keep an eye on that tonight. 133 laps are on the scoreboard here in the Miller 400 at Richmond International Raceway running under the lights for the first time on this beautiful three-quarter mile facility that Paul Sawyer has put together in the last three years. Darrell Waltrip now moving under Rusty Wallace out of turn number four trying to take over that spot. That'll be a battle for third place. Mark Martin is off the pace. Joe Moore on the back straightaway. There's some damage on the front end of the car and fire under the hood. Mark has pulled the car off the racetrack, down on the grass. He is now climbing out of the race car. Fire all in the cockpit of the Folgers coffee machine here on the back stretch. Mark Martin bails out of that Ford in a hurry and caution is on the speedway for the fifth time. Mark Martin's car going up in a ball of flame under the hood. That's a bit unusual. We don't see that happen that often. But Joe, Mark wasted no time in stopping that race car and bailing out. And he made record time in getting out of the car once it came off the back. The car hadn't really come to a complete halt before we saw him start climbing out. He's already over to the car opening the hood trying to find out what's going on. And safety personnel now reporting to the scene. Well, this caution flag was like a Christmas present. Everybody wanted it and everybody came in. Alan Kowicki was in, four tires and gasoline, along with Ernie Irvin, Kenny Schrader, Harry Gant. Jeff Bodine was in. He had a little bit of damage to the rear of his car. Richard Petty just left the pit area with four tires and gasoline. Terry Labonte's been in. Greg Sachs, Bill Elliott, Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt, Kyle Petty, Sterling Marlin, all in. Four tires and gasoline for everyone on this end of pit road. As Mark Martin's car comes coasting down the pit lane, but it is not under power. He is still in the cockpit. Winston Kelly. Everyone on this end of pit road getting four tires and gasoline. The lead lap cars include Lake Speed, Davey Allison, the first car in and out of pit road on this end of pit road getting four tires and gasoline. He was followed by Darrell Waltrip and Ricky Rudd. We're in the Ricky Rudd pit with Waddell Wilson, and he's talking to his driver. We'll see if we can get a comment with him very quickly to see if there was any thought of leaving him out. Waddell, with Dale having led a lap earlier in the race, was there any thought of leaving Ricky out to get five bonus points at this point? Well, at this point, you know, we're trying to make sure that we can get Ricky in and out and stay up next to the front, and we definitely don't want to get lapped. Later in the race, when some other cars get a lap down, then we can do things like that, but it's too early to do that. That's the strategy from Waddell Wilson in the Tide Chevrolet pit and all the drivers on this end of pit road coming in and getting four tires and gasoline. 
We're still under caution as cleanup efforts continuing down in turns one and two. And it may be at least a lap or so here before they'll put the green flag back out, but uh, shouldn't be more than one more lap. Jim Phillips is down looking over the damage to the Mark Martin car. Jim? Well, they're trying to replace the plug wires right now. Of course, it burned all those off. The air cleaner, everything looks secure. I don't know exactly what happened. Haven't had a chance to talk to Mark yet and ask him what happened. Dude, we'll just get a quick comment. Mark, what happened? Not sure. Really don't know yet. Fire. I, 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 now I have no brakes. I don't know for sure what happened. So Mark is still looking over the situation, trying to help his crew sort this thing out, but he does not know what happened. Good hard race off pit road, and Davey Allison's team puts him back at the head of the pack as we're getting ready to go back to green flag racing. Harry Gant's team brings him out second. Darrell Waltrip came out third. Rusty Wallace came off pit road fourth, and Ernie Urban came out fifth, so that'll be the running order. As the Pontiac pace car hits pit road out of turn number four, double file restart. Going to be some real scrambling going on as that green flag goes in the air. And on the break, Davey Allison just sets sail. He puts the lap car of Morgan Shepard between himself and Harry Gant, the second place car, to kind of write himself a little insurance policy as they go into the corner, and it works. Gant almost gets too high going into the turn. Gant was going to try to go to the outside of Morgan Shepard, but Morgan went a little bit too high going into the turn, so Gant had to get on the liners a bit. Almost lost a spot to Darrell Waltrip, but Waltrip will pick up a spot now on Rusty Wallace off turn four. Waltrip and Wallace bang together off of turn four as Darrell's car broke loose at the bottom of the racetrack. Wallace is going to shoot out in front of Waltrip, and now Ernie Irvin will challenge to the outside. Ernie Irvin hooked up in the outside lane alongside Darrell Waltrip coming off turn two, but right in front of them. Rusty Wallace looks to the inside of Harry Kent. He'll have to get back in line and go single file to turn three. And this race is about to take on the kind of complexion we see at Martinsville Speedway sometimes. The Framham and Bamham kind of racing. We're seeing an awful lot of contact coming out of turns three and four back in the field and also at the front of the pack. Davey Allison is the leader. He takes him out of turn number two. The real scramble is back there about fourth place. That's where Ricky Rudd's trying to get a spot underneath the Darrell Waltrip car. He won't be able to make his move for now. Front seven cars, all single file. First side-by-side battle is Terry Labonte and Dale Earnhardt. Let's set the field for you. Davey Allison is the leader. Second on the racetrack is is, uh, Rusty Wallace. Harry Gant is third. Ernie Irvin is fourth. Darrell Waltrip is fifth. Ricky Rudd is sixth. And Dale Earnhardt runs seventh. Single file once again off turn number two. Only a couple of cars out of line further back in the pack trying to work around some of the lap cars. Earnhardt gets around Terry Labonte. Now it's Kyle Petty trying to make his move around the Labonte car in turn four. He won't be able to do it as he kind of tucks in single file coming out of that corner. Traffic getting a little bit congested working into both ends of the racetrack. The Miller 400 is in its 152nd lap and Davey Allison is the fifth leader of this event. Rusty Wallace took off from the pole position, led the first 56 laps. Dale Earnhardt took over after good pit work by the Goodwrench crew, put him out of the pits first under caution flag stops. He led from laps 57 to 63, then Alan Kowicki moved out front from lap 64 to 72. Ernie Irvin then moved to the front. He led until lap 136 when under caution flag pit stops, Davey Allison moved to the point, a place he continues to hold on the racetrack now on the 153rd lap. Second is Rusty Wallace. Harry Gant is third. Ernie Irvin is fourth. Darrell Waltrip is fifth. Sixth is Ricky Rudd. Seventh is Dale Earnhardt on the racetrack. Eighth will be Kyle Petty. Ninth is Bill Elliott. And Alan Kowicki runs tenth. Three cars out of the race. Larry Pearson, Jimmy Means, and Chad Little. And we have been under caution five times so far in the early going. And 15 cars are still being shown on the lead lap at 154 of the 400 that will make up the Miller race here tonight. Davey Allison continues to lead. Once he's got it pretty well hooked in, 
again, they've made a couple of adjustments on that car. Both times they've been in the pits, and now the car running much lower through both ends of the racetrack. Rusty Wallace also beginning to work a little bit better as he is now closing in on the leader through turns three and four. He's cut it down to about four or five car lengths. There is a lap car between the two, and that will be Morgan Shepard, who is a lap or so behind. Harry Gant rides third. He's about four seconds behind that two cars that run first and second. Right behind him is Ernie Irvin, a couple of car lengths back, and old DW, Darrell Walker, continues to just run a real steady race. They're all heading up to turn three. Further back, the Ricky Rudd car trying to work his way through the traffic, and way back at the tail end of the field, we've seen some real exciting moments here off turn three as a group of cars here have been running some three, several times three wide. Brett Bodine, Wally Dollar back, also Michael Waltrip, Rick Wilson, and Hutch Strickland all battling, trying to pick up spots, and they've had some close calls slipping loose and losing control several times off turn two. That group of about 10 race cars all kind of snaking their way back and forth down the front straightaway. And again, they'll go into turn number two, two and three wide, Joe. Brett Bodine leads the pack. Michael Walters trying to get free of some of those slower cars. He takes an outside line. Wally Dallenbach, I guess the one that's really causing the problems. His car seems to be bobbling a bit in the middle of the racetrack. You're going through turns three and four. Dale Jarrett still having his hands fully spun out earlier in the evening. He is now being shown back in 31st position, 154 laps, so he'll be three laps behind, so he's got a lot of ground to make up. Talked to him a little bit yesterday. He'll be leaving the Wood Brothers at the end of the season. He told me yesterday he certainly has mixed emotions about that. Yeah, yeah, more than, than mixed, I'd say. Uh, yeah, it's a difficult situation for me. I knew it was going to be difficult, but uh, we've really come together and things are going well. And, you know, although the finish in the last two races don't show what we've done, we were running second at Bristol and, and running in the top five at Darlington the other day and had a really, really good race car there and uh, unfortunately had the battery go dead. So, yeah, it's awfully difficult because I know that's a good race team and they're coming around to where I wanted to be. I just, uh, you know, a business decision came up that I had to make and, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you do things that you don't necessarily want to do but you kind of have to do and, and this was one of those situations that I have to but uh, you know that's going to be a really good team for Morgan Shepard to go to and uh, you know I just hate the thought of having to race against them because I know they've really come around and uh, it's a good race team. Thoughts of Dale Jarrett who will be leaving the Wood Brothers at the end of the season and we understand that his team owner is here at the race tonight perhaps we can get a word with Joe Gibbs a little bit later in the evening he's controlling the pit somewhere 161 laps are on the scoreboard right now as they continue to wind around here, Davey Allison's opening up even more daylight right now. Rusty Wallace, he's pulled away by about a quarter of a straightaway as he heads back off into turn number one. The closest thing to a good battle at the front of the pack will be between right now Harry Gant and Ernie Irvin. That may develop into a good one out of turn two. Irvin's turned up the steam here last couple of laps. has chased Harry Gant down and is now about to make his move. Irvin goes to the inside of the track. He'll flow right on by Harry Gant in turn three. Irvin will slide his way up into the third position now. Harry Gant will be back to fourth, although he's not necessarily necessarily willing to give it up. Here's Gant down to the inside of Ernie Irvin as they go down the front straightaway, and they will race for position back off at a turns one and two. Again, this is the third place battle. Irvin on the outside of Harry Gant and Darrell Waltrip sitting behind him just waiting to see which lane's going to open up. For now, they'll go back into single file. Irvin holding on to third. Back and forth is Gant, and in fifth is Darrell Waltrip. Sixth on the racetrack is the Ricky Rudd car. Talked with Ricky for quite a while in the garage area on Friday afternoon. He was looking forward to getting this race underway here tonight. Richmond has been a very good racetrack for him. Well, it really has. You know, even the old fairgrounds were good to me, and, and the two racetracks really don't compare in, in any likeness whatsoever. But I think it's something about Richmond for some reason. We come up here and enjoy racing here, and Paul Sawyer, all, those, all the guys that, uh, that, that keep the track going on the track, it's 
like I say, it's just uh, it's a lot of fun when we come here, and I think that probably has something to do with the performance here. And, but also, I've been real fortunate, you know, uh, Bud Moore he's always put a good race car under me, and then with a the new track, um, Kenny Bernstein's operation always had a good car here, and, and Waddell Wilson's kept it going again with uh, this tight Chevrolet. It's always been good every time we've been up here. Ricky was kind of disappointed that they weren't able to gain some ground on Dale Earnhardt last week when Earnhardt broke the ratchet in the rear end of his car late in the high Southern 500. Ricky had unfortunately got caught up with Morgan Shepard and tangled earlier in the race and wasn't able to take advantage of Earnhardt's misfortune. You know, it was a letdown to go to Darlington and uh, win in the race in April and having problems and got swept up in a wreck that I guess Dale and uh, Morgan Shepard got into each other and I was the next car behind him and got uh, beat up a little bit. Our guys did a good job, I guess, getting us back in the race and finishing 15th. But, uh, you know, that was a good race that we were going to finish from 3rd to 5th, somewhere in that area. would have been able to make up some more ground. But, you know, we still got 8 to go. We haven't given up. Ricky's team is fairly young. Obviously, Waddell Wilson is a veteran crew chief, but a lot of the crew members on the team are fairly young, and this is really the first title fight that they've been in the midst of. I asked Ricky if morale was good. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's just uh, it's hard on everybody right now, just running all these races in a row and trying to get cars built, rebuilt. And just uh, It's not too bad on the drivers, but the crews right now, I'm sure they're running with their tongues hanging out right now. But we've got a good bunch of guys. They, they really know how to work good together, and uh, they give you 120% all the time, and they haven't let down, so no, no need for me to think about it. Ricky Rudd is 89 points behind Dale Earnhardt in the battle for the Winston Cup Championship. He is sixth on the speedway right now. Lap 175, clicked off by leader Dave. Allison in the Miller 400 at Richmond, Virginia. MRN Radio with live coverage of NASCAR Winston Cup Series racing for you tonight. Rusty Wallace is second. He's about two and a half seconds behind Allison. Third is Ernie Irvin. Fourth is Harry Gant. And Darrell Waltrip runs fifth. Dale Earnhardt has just passed Ricky Rudd for sixth. Rudd is seventh. Ken Schrader is eighth, although he'll now bypass Ricky Rudd, so kick Rudd back to ninth. Kyle Petty runs 10th on the racetrack. The last car on the lead lap a moment ago was Lake Speed in 15th spot, but Winston Kelly, he just made an unscheduled pit stop. Just came in and got right side tires on the Tropartic Pontiac. Doug Williams and the crew examining the right front tire, trying to find out what the problem is. So apparently a tire cut down on the Pontiac of Lake Speed. Lake Speed goes back out of the racetrack right now at lap 177. Pretty good scramble going on a moment ago for sixth position between Dale Earnhardt and Kenny Schrader, who's beginning to run a little bit stronger. And Schrader goes after him in turn number one, and he's going to take over the spot as they get out of turn two. Still a good battle, and Schrader does get around, but Earnhardt's not going to let him sit there for long. He'll look to the outside. Now drop down low here on the back straightaway. No chance to make his move, so Earnhardt falls back to the seventh spot as Schrader advances. Schrader started this race in tenth position. He spun all by himself in turn number one one on lap 18 went all the way to the tail end of the field and has since worked his way all the way now back up into the sixth position lap 179 goes up on the board Kyle Petty's having a good run being shown right now in eighth position on the racetrack this the second event back for Kyle after suffering the leg injury at Talladega in May ran the 500 miles or I should say almost the 500 miles last weekend down at Darlington the car failed on him a little bit before the end but talked to Kyle this morning he said it's getting there he's still not quite a hundred percent but he feels comfortable in the race car and feels like he's able to get the job done hey, you got to give Kyle Petty a lot of credit I think even Richard uh, I talked with him about Kyle in the early years when Kyle was trying to make his mark in this business and Richard even admitted one or two times he wasn't real sure that Kyle would ever make a race driver because he had so many interests going he owned car dealerships he was trying to have a singing career and about a half a dozen other things and then all of a sudden he gave up all that and decided he wanted to be a full-time racer. And in the last two years, I don't think there's a more dedicated race driver out there than Kyle Petty. 
Kyle will be the first to tell you also that he was not a natural race driver, that he has had to learn this craft, and he's learned it the hard way, now bouncing off the walls, running his own team for a while, driving for Richard for a while, and driving for several other car owners over the years. But he has really worked and earned what he has on the racetrack right now, which is in respect of a lot of drivers, and he has an awful lot of fans to follow the petty name in years to come. And he's going to be a winner in this business, but he has worked at it, giving it a good run here tonight. 183 go up on the scoreboard in the Miller 400. So far, Davey Allison for about the last hour here has been able to stay at the front of the pack. A couple of cars have been able to take a shot at him, but that's about all they have been able to do. Nobody's been able to get around him. He's mired up in heavy traffic out of turn number four as he works up behind the Greg Sachs automobile, heads off into turn number one. And Joe Moore, as he approaches turn two and moves up that backstretch, he's got about seven or eight cars he's got to work his way through. Well, he's not having a whole lot of trouble doing it coming off the corner. He does get a little bit high this time, but he kind of picks his way through. Of course, he's got plenty of racing room here about a straightaway over the second-place car of Rusty Wallace. Now, Rusty's got his hands full trying to do away with Morgan Shepard. Shepard got down a lap early on. Rusty and Morgan have been trading spots on the racetrack. Finally, Shepard has got back out in front, and now Rusty's having to deal with Ernie Irvin. Irvin is going to the outside of Wallace in turn number one, going to use the car of Wally Dallenbach as a pick, although two lap cars will race side-by-side side in front of the second-place battle. Irvin will get around to pick up the second spot as Rusty Wallace is trapped back behind the Dallenbach car. Now Harry Gant also gets by to pick up the third spot, so Wallace goes back to fourth. Rusty's car has just not got the bite it needed coming off the turns all night long. It's been plowing out toward the outside wall, and a couple of times, every time he's lost anywhere from one to two positions, everybody's been able to dive underneath him. You can see him go going through the corners, getting out of the throttle. It just the car just suddenly lets up going through the turn, which tells you that it's really pushing out toward the wall, and he's having a lot of trouble getting at the turn coming off both ends of the speedway. Meanwhile, Ernie Irvin beginning to get a little bit stronger right now as he works his way back up toward the front of the pack at lap 187. Approaching the halfway point of the Miller 400, MRN Radio with live coverage from Richmond International Raceway, Davey Allison right now is your leader, the fifth different driver to lead the event. He has pretty healthy distance of about four seconds over the second place car, which is Ernie Irvin. Then right on his back bumper is third place Harry Gann and fourth place Rusty Wallace. Lap ago, Ken Schrader moved around Darrell Waltrip to grab fifth. Waltrip is now sixth. Dale Earnhardt runs seventh. Eighth is Kyle Petty. Bill Elliott is ninth. And Alan Kowicki runs tenth. A little further back, Ricky Rudd is 11th. Sterling Marlin is 12th. Michael Waltrip runs 13th. And Jeff Bodine is 14th. He is the last car on the lead lap. And if you're wondering why we're not talking about your favorite driver, Larry Pearson uh, spun early in the race, had a little help over in turn number three, damaged his car, and is out for the evening. Jimmy Means has parked the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac. Chad Little also got into the wall and parked his car. Mark Martin is still behind the wall, and they're continuing to work on that machine, hoping to get him back in. Let's go to Jim Phillips. We're down in the Dale Earnhardt pit with Richard Childress. Richard, you started 16th tonight. You get up to fifth. Well, now you're settled into seventh. How about the car right now? Uh, I, they was talking on the radio. I didn't understand you. But uh, right now the car is just too tight in the middle of the corner. We just keep trying stuff. We're going to try to get it better. It's a little bit better this time than it was. But we'll just keep working it. That's the Mr. Cup point leader's car on a Richard Childress. Rusty Wallace has lost a couple of positions. The reason for that is when Ian Earnhardt got together earlier in the race, it knocked the toe in out of the car, and he's having trouble turning it in the middle of the turn. He started the car just a little bit loose. He said he thought the car would come to him as the night went on. The night got cooler. But when he tapped Earnhardt to the right front wheel, it's a little bit off. He's having trouble in the middle of the turn. 
Joe Rutman's car goes behind the wall. He had a problem a moment ago, Joe Moore, up in turn two. Yeah, he had a problem getting through the turns as well. Didn't do it at all. His car went right up the banking, slammed into the outside retaining wall, but Rutman did a good job keeping it out of the running race uh, groove there in the middle of the track off turn two. Brought it back down and coasted back around to the pits, but a lot of damage to the right side of Rutman's car. Winston Kelly has wandered around to the right side of the Raymark Oldsmobile. Winston? He's got a version here at Richmond of a Darlington Stripe all the way down the right side of the car of this bright orange, yellow, and blue Oldsmobile is scraped all the way down the right side of the car. Rutman still sitting in the car. Butch Mock and the crew pulling the hood up to see if they can make repairs. The window net is still up, and we'll try to get a comment with Joe Rutman momentarily. We've just passed the halfway point here in the Miller 400. 200 laps are up on the scoreboard, and the running order at the front of the pack, pretty much the same as it has been for the last 50 minutes or so here, with Davey Allison still setting the pace as he works around this racetrack. He's got her dialed in pretty good in both ends of the speedway. This is a good racetrack, the way the thing is designed. I think the drivers like this racetrack. We've seen a lot of close calls with cars getting out to the wall, turning sideways and whatever. But the track is wide enough that the drivers have pretty good visibility through the corners, except coming right out of the turn. Uh, sometimes if a car is sitting out against the wall, you don't have much time to take evasive action. But for the most part, you don't see an awful lot of sheet metal get torn up here. Darrell Waltrip says this is a great racetrack to put on a good competitive race. You know, you can run side by side here. And uh, there have been times when you could run even three abreast, uh, certainly down the front straightaway. So uh, it's a great racetrack. I think it'll be a great race at night. Uh, I'd like to see them run a lot more race at night. Uh, Sunday off to be at home with your family or sit by the pool or go to church or whatever you want to do. It's kind of nice. Darrell was kind of looking forward to having the day off tomorrow. Days off at this point of the season are a rarity for the drivers in Winston Cup racing. I tell you, that's one of the pluses that I've heard more comments on, not only from drivers, but from team members and everybody else, is to run this race on Saturday night and be able to spend Sunday at home, and that is a big plus. But everybody likes to watch the cars run under the lights also because everything just seems to stand out a little more as we were talking about last night. The colors on the race cars come out a lot more. You can pick out if you look out there in the middle of the corner you can just see instantly what car it is if you're familiar with the Winston Cup racing and pretty well follow it and know what the colors are Brett Bodine's car Jeff Bodine's or whatever something like that speaking of Jeff Bodine he continues to hang in there they continue to make adjustments on that car and I believe he is still being shown on the lead lap nope now he is a lap down after that last round of pit stops so they're going to have to play catch up a little bit but their strong suit at this racetrack as we talked about earlier in the evening seems to be the second half of the race they make adjustments and kind of get the car going. I wouldn't count him out of a top five finish or maybe even a win here. 205 are up on the scoreboard. Davey Allison for the moment just works his way through traffic, and he hasn't had one bit of trouble all night long getting around 10 and 15 cars in that second wave of traffic. He's been able to go high, go low, back off a minute, and then go ahead and pass when he needed to. He's running up on Jimmy Spencer, who's a little bit out of the pace, or off the pace, I should say, out of turn two. Davey's doing a real good job being able to pick and choose wherever he wants to run on the racetrack. Contrary to a situation like with Rusty Wallace, his car's not handling that well because, as Jim Phillips uh, mentioned in his report, he had knocked the toe in out earlier in the evening. So Rusty, as long as he can run where he wants to run by himself, he can do okay. But when he's forced to take a groove other than the one where his car is handling the best, 
then he's in trouble. And that's what's causing him to fall back a little bit. But for Davey Allison, it's all going his way. He could run in the infield if he wanted to. It is all going Davey Allison's way. In terms of the races within the race, Allison has turned the fastest lap as a race leader, 118.240 miles an hour, back on lap 147. Right now he leads in the running for the $1,500 for the Tyson Lickety Split Award from the folks at Tyson Foods. Also has been in the top five more than any other driver so far this evening. So Davey leads the True Value Hard Charger standings to this point over Rusty Wallace, Ernie Irvin, Alan Kulwicki, and Harry Gant. Glad you've tuned in to MRN Radio's live coverage of the Miller 400 coming to you tonight under the lights in Richmond, Virginia. We are 215 of the 400 laps into this race, and Davey Allison is the leader. Ernie Irvin runs second, third is Harry Gant, Rusty Wallace is fourth, and fifth is Ken Schrader. Sixth on the racetrack is Darrell Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt is seventh, Kyle Petty is eighth, Bill Elliott is ninth, and Alan Pulwicki is tenth, Ricky Rudd is eleventh. 12th is Sterling Marlin, and 13th is Michael Waltrip, the last car on the lead lap. Farther back into the field, Morgan Shepard is a lap down in 14th, Jeff Bodine 15th, 16th Rick Wilson, and we have trouble in turn number two, a car is into the wall. It's Greg Sachs, he looped the car around, slammed into the outside retaining wall, he's got the car stopped up against the wall, but not before the caution comes out. Caution is on the speedway, it'll come out at lap 217, and it will be the sixth one of the evening. Lap 217, we see the caution on the speedway again as Greg Sachs' car uh, bounced off the wall over in turn number two. That's been the trouble spot all night long. I think about every caution we've had except maybe one has occurred in that area of the racetrack. And as we pointed out a couple of times, just what all the drivers say, that's the one place if you get in trouble, you're very lucky if you don't really bend the car up off the wall. Sachs now gets the car down off the banking and will bring it on around the racetrack. And pit road is going to be a busy place. Davey Allison immediately comes into the pits. And here comes Harry Gant, also Ernie Irvin, Rusty Wallace. All the front-running cars are taking advantage of this caution flag to get into the pits. The leader is in. Let's go to Winston Kelly. The right side of the car goes up on Davey Allison's Haviland, Texaco Ford Thunderbird to Jack Bean, wielded this evening by Jeff Clark, Devin Barbie, and Eric Horn changing the right side rubber. Also in for service, the Darrell Waltrip automobile. He'll get four tires and gasoline, as will Ricky Rudd and Michael Waltrip. Those are the four cars on this end of pit road that are on the lead lap. Now up to Jim Phillips. Well, Rusty Wallace is in along with Harry Gant, Ernie Irvin, Alan Kowicki, also in on this end of pit road. Bill Elliott is in. They're putting on the left side tires right now on Dale Earnhardt's car. He and Wallace leave the pits at the same time as the race on the pit road, and Wallace will win this time. Kyle Petty is off of pit road. Elliott now leaves his pit stall, and just coming off the jack is Sterling Marlin. The report on Mark Martin's car now. Martin's fire started when a brake line erupted. It broke, and then the brake fluid spilled out on one of those hot rotors, and it caught on fire. And then the fire spread up into the engine compartment on his machine. They're still working vigorously to try to get him in the race, but the reason for the fire was a brake line ruptured. Well, you want to talk about some great pit work. Andy Petrie and the Skull crew, they got Harry Gant out about four seconds before Rusty Wallace left the pit lane. So Harry Gant will be the new leader of the Miller 400 as we run under caution on lap number 219. Well, from tonight, we move on to the Monster Mile. Next weekend, Dover Downs International Speedway, and we'll begin our broadcast coverage on Friday afternoon with Bush Pole Qualifying and the Bush Pole Show. Be on the air at 310 in the afternoon Eastern Time on Friday. Then next Friday night, it's a special 
special edition of NASCAR Live, presented by the folks at Peak Antifreeze. Join us from the enclosed air-conditioned grandstand of the Dover Down Speedway. We usually have a good time with that show, and we hope you'll join us. That's at 7 Eastern next Friday. Saturday afternoon, the Bush Grand National Series in the Splitfire 200, 2 Eastern time. And Sunday, it is the... Uh, Peak Antifreeze 500 from Dover Downs. MRN's live coverage beginning at 12 noon Eastern time. From there, we'll follow the Winston Cup Series on to Martinsville, Virginia, September 22nd in the Goodies 500. North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, the 29th of this month for the Tyson Holly Farms 400. And then in the month of October, Charlotte, North Carolina hosts the Mellow Yellow 500 at Rockingham, North Carolina. will be in action on the 20th with the AC Delco 500, the final two races to decide the Winston Cup title. November 3rd in Phoenix, Arizona, and the Hardys 500 in Atlanta on November 17th. Alan, let's get a word with Coach uh, Joe Gibbs here. Coach, first of all, are you here as a spectator or as a preseason owner practice tonight? <laughs> no, I'm just here just enjoying the evening. I slipped away for a couple hours with my son, that's all. How about your race team for next year? We're real excited. We're just working hard, putting everything together. I can't be around it, but all the other guys are working real hard. I'm concentrating on football. This is some kind of race tonight. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm excited about being in it. I want to be around it as much as I want because I'll be busy with the Redskins, but it'll be fun anyway. Why did you get in this sport? I've always had a love of auto racing and uh, kind of like a dream getting to be a part of it. And I'll, I'll be an owner, and that means I won't be able to be in being, involved daily, but uh, at least I'll be a, a part of it, get a watch and cheer guys on. One final question. How about the Redskins and the Cowboys? It's going to be a good game, I think, really. It's going to be a heck of a game. That's Coach Joe Gibbs of the Washington Redskins, who will be a car on Western Cup racing next season. And they expect to put together a pretty potent team, and I'm sure they will because they're hiring some of the best people in the business. 222 laps are on the scoreboard. We're back under green flag conditions. On the restart, Harry Gant, who was the leader, took off, pulled away about three or four car lengths. But right now, he's got a couple of machines behind him that's holding up Rusty Wallace and a couple of other cars that want to take a shot at the leader as they work out of turn number two, and traffic gets heavy over there. It's Jimmy Spencer and Morgan Shepard, both cars down a lap, trying to get their lap back. They're holding back a second-place car, Rusty Wallace. Wallace tries to battle while Trekkie goes to buy Hunt Strickland. Dale Earnhardt is there, and Ernie Irvin tries to make a move as well. Strickland is not on the lead lap either, and he's tucked right in the middle of that group. Irvin way hung up back in traffic along with Earnhardt. They're racing behind Rusty Wallace, who's trying to deal with some of the lap cars. And Jimmy Spencer is going to get his lap back off turn number two. He goes to the inside of the track up alongside Harry Gant. Spencer clears the race leader. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy Spencer had her dialed in up at Bristol, Tennessee, and had the class of the field, and he had some problems, had a good shot to win that race, and Spencer got her in the wind pretty good here tonight at Richmond International Raceway, but Harry Gant is the leader. Right now he looks up, and Rusty Wallace tries to get under him out of turn two. As Rusty goes to the inside, another car gets by Gant as well. Hunt Strickland gets by to pick up one of his laps. So Gant's the third car in line. The fourth car in line is the second place machine. Now on the move underneath Harry Gant. Rusty Wallace down to the inside, a bit for the lead. Dead heat at the start-finish line. By the way, Jimmy Spencer still one lap down. He was two down, has got one of those back, and Rusty Wallace, the new leader in two. Wallace opens up the lane on the inside. Here comes Morgan Shepard to try to get his lap back on the back straightaway. They all sort it out, go back into single file. It's Wallace leading Harry Gant, but Gant now looks to the outside of Rusty. Gant's going to get out of the throttle. He doesn't want to get caught up in all that traffic. Still a long ways to go here at Richmond tonight. Kyle Petty has moved up into the third place right now. Fourth is Ernie Irvin, and fifth is Dale Earnhardt. Now under those caution flag pit stops a lap ago, Davey Allison went into the pits first, 
came back out 11th. Winston Kelly, was there a reason for that? Yes, there certainly was, Alan. They had a problem with one of the air wrenches. Normally one of the better crews on the Winston Cup circuit. They had a problem with one of the air wrenches. The pit stop was around 40 seconds to get four tires on, so they came out very far back, and now Davey's picking his way back up through the pack. He's all the way up to seventh. That's hard real estate to earn back that way when you make a pit stop like that and have to work your way back up through some of the cars. It's certainly on the lead lap and also some of the lap cars to get back up to the front. But Davey's got it dialed in pretty good and has had most of the night. He continues to knock them off one by one. A few minutes ago, Kyle Petty had worked his way up to about third place. He went through turns one and two, and the car almost got into the wall. It might have even brushed the outside. That is the reason he has dropped back in the running order also. 235 laps on the scoreboard as Rusty Wallace eases off turn number four. He had a little handling problem earlier in the evening. They made a couple of adjustments on that car, and now he's got it pretty much to his liking as he is able to stick it right at the bottom of the racetrack, closing in on him and may be able to put a bid for the lead in just a moment, Ernie Irvin. Irvin shut down the distance on Rusty Wallace, and Harry Gant back in third had his hands full for a while trying to deal with some of the lap cars. He now has shaken free of those machines, so he as well is closing in. Greg Sachs's number 47 being put up on the black flag indicator atop the starter stand. He's not running up to race speed. That car damaged when he hit the wall in turn number two a short while ago. Sachs now brings the Oldsmobile down onto the pit lane to the attention of his crew. Meanwhile, Rusty Wallace, boy, he's gone out and left the rest of the field with the exception of Ernie Irvin. Wallace has opened up about five car lengths on Irvin. Then he's got almost a full second back to Harry Gant. The real scramble is the challenge for fourth and fifth positions. Darrell Waltrip has fourth. Davey Allison wants it. He's underneath Waltrip in turn one. Davey goes by to pick up the spot, but there's a pack of cars directly ahead. Morgan Shepard, Jimmy Spencer, and Hunt Strickland all directly ahead for Davey, but he goes to work on them halfway down the back straightaway. He'll get by Hunt Strickland and now close in on Jimmy Spencer. I tell you, the racing is furious back in the pack. It has been at the front of the pack a few times tonight, but most of the really hot and hard-nosed racing has been going on anywhere from fifth back to 20 first. That pack of traffic continues to work around Daryl Waltrip. They may get three deep out of turn three. Daryl's in danger of losing another spot. Alan Kulwicki comes up underneath the Waltrip machine to try to make a pass by him, but he's blocked by the lap car of Hunt Strickland. It's be a race for fifth position. Waltrip has it. Kulwicki wants it. Allen puts the Hooters forward down to the inside across the start-finish line. He's about up to the doorpost on Daryl Waltrip's Western Auto Chevrolet. He'll scoot by and pick up fifth in turn two. So Alan Kulwicki gets the fifth position. Now he Trouble on in. the front straightaway. Michael Waltrip's car spins off the racetrack into the trioval grass, fires it back up, back onto the racetrack. Waltrip will continue on. There will be no caution, but Michael Waltrip, who was running on the lead lap, will lose quite a bit of ground on the racetrack. And that's the second time tonight that we've seen a couple of cars come across the start-finish line backwards, spin down on the grass. Dale Jarrett did a little bit earlier in the afternoon, or in the evening, I should say, to keep on around the speedway. Here's Michael out of turn number four. It looks like the car comes right out against the wall, not handling like he would like it to. I'm sure he flat-spotted the tires. We may see him on pit road in just a moment. But the race will remain under green. Wally Dollenbach makes a second appearance on pit road. Let's see if we can get a report there. That was a... He came in one time. He took on right side tires. This time he just came in. And they went back out on the racetrack. Stop and go penalty for Wally Dallenbach. Excessive speed on the pit road. The reason for the second stop. Dallenbach will rejoin the race. He's running pretty good distance back in the field right now. As we check with our timing and scoring monitor here. Wally Dallenbach shown in 29th position. He is running some six laps down to the lead cars. MRN Radio's live coverage of the Miller 400. Coming to you tonight from Richmond, Virginia. Alan Bestwick along with Barney Hall. Joe Moore, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly. And Bill Bowser bringing you all the action of the 21st race.
of the Winston Cup Series season. Right now, Rusty Wallace is your leader. He is being followed by Ernie Irvin on the racetrack. Davey Allison has just taken over third from Harry Gant, who gets kicked back to fourth. Alan Kulwicki rounds out the top five. The fifth retiree from this event is standing by with Jim Phillips. That was Greg Sachs. Greg, what happened? Well, I couldn't hear you, but uh, the car's been pushing bad after that last stop. Wait a minute, but the car was pushing so bad that it turned and hit the wall. So Greg Sachs, a lot of problems. We're working on the brakes right now. And as he pumps it up, trying to get some brake pedal on the car, we're going to work and try to get him back in the race. You know, as big a weekend as this is for the Winston Cup Series, it's also a great big weekend for the folks in the Winston Racing Series, NASCAR's weekly short track racers. This is the weekend tonight, tomorrow, and, of course, last night, that the national championship will be decided. They run a season from April through September, and, of course, the drivers are divided up, competing in eight different regions around the country for those eight regional championships. Then, first thing Monday morning, the regional champions will be all compared on a formula by the folks at NASCAR in Daytona Beach. And one of those regional champions will be the Winston Racing Series national champion, $70,000 to be handed out in November down at the Opryland Hotel in Nashville to the Winston Racing Series national champion. And we'll know on our Tuesday NASCAR Today and NASCAR Live programs who that will be. Wanted to just take a minute and say a quick hello to Steve Pels, one of the Winston Racing Series regional champions from 1987 and 1990 and a strong competitor for most of the 1991 season. Steve is from up in Glen Campbell, Pennsylvania, the western part of that state. He's had some recent surgery and we know he's listening to our broadcast tonight. Want to pass along the best wishes from all of us here at MRN and the folks at NASCAR to Steve Pels. Richard Petty just bounced off the wall down in turns one and two about two laps ago. He is in the pits. Jim Phillips? Well, they're changing all four tires and trying to pull the sheet metal away from the right rear quarter panel on the Richard Petty machine. It doesn't at this point appear that the rear end has been moved over in the car. They filled it up with gasoline. The right side work is done. They've got the fenders pulled out. The jack is down and there's going to be a penalty on Richard Petty. 15 second penalty to stack on the four tire change. If you get much high out of that groove going into turns one and two, a lot of the loose rubber comes off the cars and what we call the marbles and all the debris and everything that gets kicked up in that high groove. And that's apparently what happened to Richard as he went off into the turn. Looked like he got up in that stuff and the car just really went off the wall real quick. But I don't think it's done that much damage. He is back on the speedway right now. Let's see if he comes up to speed because he's been having a pretty decent run the last few weeks. Richard Petty is back on the racetrack, not coming up to speed as quickly as we thought he would. So he may still have some problems on the STP Pontiac. 200. 64 laps are on the scoreboard. Rusty Wallace, still your leader. And so far, here he comes off turn number four. He is putting a lot of daylight on the second-place car right now of Ernie Irvin. Irvin looks back in the mirror and closing in from third position right now. Might be a challenge for that spot here in just a moment. Davey Allison trying to chase him down. From the Richmond International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. 
your vehicle is riding rough, it may be time for new shocks or struts. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, buy a combination of two or four select Monroe or Rancho shocks and struts and get up to an $80 Visa gift card by mail. Improve your ride with Monroe or Rancho shocks and struts at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Clutch Coffee Bar in Mooresville, North Carolina is redefining the drive through coffee game in Race City, USA. The Clutch experience is quick, efficient, and personal. Unmatched customer service is the name of the game. Clutch Coffee Bar offers signature espresso drinks, classic coffee, custom-flavored infused energy drinks, smoothies, and more. With over 25 flavors, there's something for everyone. Visit our two locations in Mooresville, 356 Williamson Road and 154 West Plaza Drive. Open daily, 5 a.m. till 9 p.m. Power up today with Clutch Coffee Bar. Chris Crockett, straight from the NASCAR stands, here with another member of our Toyota racing family, Jason. Hi there. Oh, you seem impatient. Oh, well, I've been holding it in for a while. A while? Since it started. The race? No, the season. Wow. Guess you don't want to miss any action. Nope, I don't. Oh, did you just see Denny Hamlin take the lead? I haven't taken my eyes off him. Jason, you don't look so good. Can I offer you some water? Absolutely not. NASCAR and Toyota racing. With a family like this, who knows the places we'll go in the playoffs? Learn more at toyotaracing.com. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of the National Association for Stock or Auto Racing, it's the Miller 400 on MRN Radio with Rusty Wallace leading. Wallace has led on two separate occasions tonight. He took off from his pole position, starting spot, and led through lap number 56 when we dropped the green flag a little bit after 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Dale Earnhardt took over under caution flag pit stops at that point, led for a little less than 10 laps. Alan Kowicki moved out front, led until lap 72 when Ernie Irvin went out to the point for about 60 laps. Then under caution flag pit stops, Davey Allison moved to the point. Harry Gant took the lead over under again caution flag pit stops on lap 218. And then on lap number 227, Rusty Wallace made the move to the lead, which he continues to hold. We're now on lap number 273. Only four cars out of the race so far. Larry Pearson crashed in turn three early in the event. Jimmy Means is out with an engine problem. Chad Little had an accident in turn two. He's out of the race. And Mark Martin had a fire under the hood of his car. They are continuing to try and get him back into the event. But for now, Martin is behind the wall. We've had six cautions in the race so far. Nothing very serious aside of the Martin fire, but that turning out to be a fairly minor thing as well. And we continue to circulate around right now under green with Rusty Wallace as the leader. At the conclusion of our broadcast tonight, Barney and I will be voting the Have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award. Winning driver getting $500 from the folks at Have a Tampa Cigars and MRN Radio. Seen a couple of perhaps good nods for that. One being when Jimmy Spencer and Hutt Strickland got tangled up in front of leader Rusty Wallace at the time. And Wallace made a pretty good move to avoid being collected up into that. We'll vote to have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award at the end of the broadcast. Alan Dale Earnhardt seems to have a problem. His car has slowed. About uh, seven or eight cars have bypassed him. He's still on the racetrack, but the good red Chevrolet is slowing. And this would be about five races in a row if Earnhardt's got a major problem that they have overcome adversity to salvage some kind of a decent finish. We'll follow him around the racetrack, but he is definitely off the pace out of turn number two, heading down the backstretch. Maybe Jim Phillips can check, check in his pit and find out if Earn, what the problem is on Earnhardt's car. Kurt Chilverton, have you lost the cylinder? Yeah. So they have lost the cylinder on the Dale Earnhardt car. He'll have to ride it out on seven. Right now, Earnhardt is being shown in the 11th position, still on the lead lap, but he is definitely not getting down the straightaways very well. As a matter of fact, Rusty Wallace is coming up behind him now to put Earnhardt the first of the laps down. 
Now the trick for Ricky Rudd is going to be to keep his car healthy and on the lead lap and in contention to win to try and maximize Earnhardt's misfortune. He wasn't able to do it last weekend at Darlington, but he'll try and do that tonight. Right now, Rudd is being shown on the lead lap in 11th spot. Seems like every time that Dale Earnhardt does have trouble, the cars that are in striking distance to really gain a bunch of points for the Winston Cup title also have problems in the same race. And uh, Ricky Rudd's hoping that won't happen here tonight. 278 are on the scoreboard. Rusty Wallace is the leader. Davey Allison continues to run second. Ernie Irvin is third. Harry Gant hangs in there a solid fourth as he has all night long. Alan Kowicki having a good run also. He is being posted fifth. Sixth right now is Kenny Schrader. Darrell Walker driving a very consistent race also. He is being shown in seventh position. As the laps wind down, 279 are on the scoreboard. This crowd has been jumping up and down, watching the battle for the lead. In the early going, they've been watching some of the better battles in the tail end of the field and in the middle of the field for the last hour or so. Rusty Wallace goes around Dale Earnhardt, and Earnhardt is, well, not totally off the pace, but he is off the pace to the point that he can be, if he keeps running like he is, put several laps down before this race is over as he works over to Joe Moore in turn three. What Rusty's going to have to start worrying about is not getting around some of those slower cars, but about Davey Allison. He has shut down the distance on the race leader. It was almost a complete straightaway some ten laps ago, but Davey Allison is closing in on Rusty Wallace. Now 1.4 seconds, the distance back from first until second place. Here's Mark Martin's car coming out from behind the wall and back onto the racetrack. Martin went behind the wall a bit earlier. That would be on lap 134 when the uh, a severed brake line caused a fire under the hood of the Folgers Ford. He returns to the race trying to collect as many Winston Cup points as possible, though he is 147 laps down to the leader. Martin comes into the event fifth in the Winston Cup championship standings. Well, they had really hoped to get the season going actually for the last three or four races at Michigan. They felt like it was going to be their turning point of the season. Maybe put that car in victory lane. Mark is one of the top teams that we're talking about at the top of the broadcast that has yet to visit victory lane in 1991. And apparently the, they're going to have a long night here at Richmond tonight. 283 up on the scoreboard and we should see some pit stops coming up before, well, maybe another what? What do they go here, Jim Phillips? About 114, 115 laps, somewhere in that range? 120 to 25. Last uh, year when Earnhardt stretched the gas mileage to the limit, they went 126 laps. And he barely had enough fuel to make the distance. So about uh, stretching it would be 125, 120 laps. They can go that. All of them should be able to go to 120. So far, that has not come into play because most of the stops that we've had other than maybe one I think have come under caution. We've had quite a few caution flags in the early part of the evening and in fact I think we've had six if you just joined our broadcast. The cars that we're showing behind the wall Greg Sachs was there a moment ago. Joe Rutman's car spent some time behind the wall. We just updated you on Mark Martin but he is back on the racetrack right now. Chad Little is out of the event. Jimmy Means and Larry Pearson. Barney talking about some of the news this week in the world of NASCAR racing. I know you were probably as, as saddened and shocked to learn as I was on uh, late Monday evening of the passing of Harold Kinder. Harold, the flagman for the NASCAR Winston Cup Series for more than uh, 12 years and, of course, an employee in NASCAR racing and a flagman for more than uh, two decades. Harold passed away last Monday afternoon and, and memorial services were held in Charlotte, North Carolina this past Thursday, and it was a great loss to our sport. I don't think there has been anybody that has passed away in the sport in the last 15 years that evoked any more sorrow than Harold Kinder. He was a friend of just about everybody in that garage area. Uh, he was a very close friend of mine for a lot of years, as he was yourself and everybody else in this business. And it's, it's going to be very difficult for the racing community to accept the loss of Harold Kinder. But it's something that we must do. But we'd like to send our condolences to his family. 
and he has been a great asset to the sport over the years, and he truly will be missed by a lot of people in this business. Kyle Petty just brushed the wall a moment ago over in turns one and two. We see a lot of smoke coming off that car as he is easing around the racetrack, and likely we'll see him on pit road here in just a moment. We are under caution for an incident. Kyle Petty brushed the wall and apparently put some debris and stuff on the racetrack, but pit road has uh, most of the leaders in. Jim Phillips? Rusty Wallace is in. They're going to try to work on the tow in on the car. They've not had a chance. They got the four tires on. He's down and away. Good stop for Rusty Wallace team. Bill Elliott is in. Ernie Irvin is in. Uh, also, Harry Gant. Kenny Schrader is in. Sterling Marlin, who has moved up to eighth place, is in. They're changing the left side tires on his car right now. He's down and away. Now let's go down to Winston Kelly. Only two cars on this end of pit road still on the lead lap. The first in and out, Davey Allison. No equipment problems this time by a very smooth stop for the Robert Yates-led crew. Another car in on, for service on this end of pit road was Darrell Waltrip. He also getting four tires and gasoline. As we speak, Lake Speed comes in along with Bobby Hamilton, Kenny Wallace. These cars getting four tires and gasoline. Ricky Rudd elected to stay out a lap and should have led a lap to get five Winston Cup points. He brings the tied Chevrolet in. He's still on the lead lap. He's getting four tires and gasoline along with Brett Bodine, Joe Rutman, and Michael Waltrip. But Ricky did not lead across the start-finish line because his pit is on the turn four side of the stripe, so that will not, in fact, allow him to lead a lap. We'll check that, but Rusty Wallace was credited with leading the last lap, so Ricky Rudd didn't, in fact, get those five bonus points for staying on the racetrack. You would really speculate that maybe they would have, or, or I'm not going to say they should have, but I kind of figured that they might do that somewhere later in the race. In fact, Waddell Wilson said a little bit earlier that that would be a possibility they'd look at, and this would certainly have been a good opportunity to do it. 292 laps are on the board. Just about all the front runners have been on pit road. Here in Richmond, Virginia, the Miller 400 live on MRN Radio. We are almost to the three-quarter point of the race under caution for the seventh time in the event when Kyle Petty brushed the wall in turn number two. He apparently scattered pieces of a brake rotor down the back straightaway, and so that debris is being picked up. Rusty Wallace and Davey Allison won the race off of pit road, but both are being brought back down the pit lane now. We'll update that story in just a moment. Here's Davey Allison down to the attention of his crew. The car stops and is getting some fuel. Rusty Wallace also is coming into the pit area, and he will get some fuel as well. They'll go back onto the racetrack, but a second set of pit stops for both of those cars. Let's go to pit road. Well, the reason for Rusty Wallace coming back in the pits, they want to fix that toe-in that's been off when he had contact with Earnhardt earlier in the race. The right front tire was turned in a little bit, and now they look at it, straighten it out, he's back on the racetrack. So we'll get a word with Eddie Dickerson right now in a minute and see uh, if they did get the tow in fixed or uh, what the problem was with his car. Dale Earnhardt's car is back on pit road also. That's a second stop for Earnhardt. He didn't spend much time in there on the first one. The hood goes up on this one, and apparently they're making some adjustments on Dale Earnhardt. And, uh, of course, he lost a cylinder earlier. You heard him talk about that. They're trying to take a quick look at it and hopefully get him running a little bit better. All right, here's the situation on the racetrack right now, Barney, just getting a clarification Rusty Wallace, Davey Allison, and Darrell Waltrip are all being penalized for excessive speed on the pit lane. They will restart at the tail end of the longest line of traffic on this restart, so the leader on the restart will be Ernie Irvin. Well, that's a hard one to swallow, but it's a rule that NASCAR has enforced on pit road to increase the safety. 
at all the speedways and all the drivers very much aware of it. And if they exceed it, I don't think uh, they have much choice but to do something about it. Kyle Petty's car still sits on pit road as they continue to work on it. As he brushed the wall here earlier in the evening, you heard him say he scattered some brake rotors and stuff down that back straightaway. That is the reason for the caution. Pontiac Pace Car peeling off the banking up in turn number four, getting ready to go back to green flag racing. Ernie Irvin is leader. Harry Gant is second. Alan Kowicki rides third as they race off into turn number one. Ernie Irvin, like a jackrabbit on the start, will pull away by three, maybe four car lengths. Once again, the lap car of Morgan Shepard separates a race leader from the second place car. Harry Gant back there running second, trying to get around Morgan Shepard. As he goes to the outside, Alan Kowicki dives down low. Kowicki gets his four to the bottom, and his Shepard's car pushes up between turns three and four. Harry Gant has to come out of the throttle. Alan Kowicki will scoot around. He will run in the second position. Third is Gant. Ken Schrader runs fourth as they're back in two. Schrader's got to deal with two cars running side-by-side. Side. Lake Speed alongside the Richard Petty car going side-by-side side here on the back straightaway. Finally, he'll fall in line and find a spot to bypass Petty. The pushing and shoving and tugging for Harry Gant and Morgan Shepard is a little bit reminiscent of some of the racing they used to do at the short track over in Hickory, North Carolina. Finally, Gant will get underneath the lap car and be able to move up and try to keep the two front runners in sight. Harry now moves up into third spot with clear sailing and a shot maybe at Alan Kowicki for second place. He keeps his car down on the inside of the track, but Kowicki beats him into turn number three, so he'll have to fall back in line. Meanwhile, Ernie Irvin picks up about five car lengths on the second place machine. Irvin is the leader, Kowicki is second. Gant runs third, Schrader is fourth, Bill Elliott runs fifth, Sterling Marlin is sixth, Ricky Rudd is seventh. Eighth is Davey Allison. Rusty Wallace is ninth. Darrell Waltrip is tenth. The last car on the lead lap. They're out of two. Quite a scramble coming off turn number two here on this back straightaway. Some of those lead lap cars trying to get around the lap machines. Here's Elliott going by Richard Fetty. Sterling Marlin right there with him. And Ricky Rudd also trying to bypass the traffic. And that's where some of the best racing is, is back in the pack. Davey Allison also trying to work his way back up to the front of the pack. Darrell Waltrip and Rusty Wallace mired up in that traffic back there also, having been penalized to the tail end of the field. Right now, they're not making up all that much ground on the leader, who is just working over into turn three. But that battle way back in the middle of the pack is a good one in turn three. Rusty Wallace is able to get by the Michael Waltrip car. Darrell Waltrip also bypasses that machine. Quite a bit of traffic for these drivers as they try to pick their way back to the front. Davey Allison slicing to the bottom of Brett Bodine. Now looks underneath the Jimmy Spencer car, but they're lined up double wide in front of Allison midway through the pack. Terry Labonte directly ahead for Davey coming off turn number two. He'll try to drop to the inside of the track and will, making it three wide here, trying to get by Labonte. Jimmy Spencer's in the outside lane. Davey makes a bonsai move and bypasses both of them. But for the moment, he's just going to have to squeeze down to the bottom of the racetrack. Dave Marcus sees him there. They get three deep going off into turn number one, and Marcus gives him a little running room and cuts Allison a little slack going back into the corner. We're in the final 100 laps of the Miller 400 here at Richmond International Raceway under the lights for the first time ever on this three-quarter mile racetrack. Now coming out of turn number four, Alan Kulwicki draws a bead on the leader as they work back into turn number one, but he's got his hands full with Harry Gant. Now, whether he's going to try to hold off Gant or whether he's going to take the lead, let's watch out of turn number two and see. Kowicki dives to the inside of the track. He'll try to pull up alongside Ernie Irvin, but Gant sits behind waiting to see what's going to open up. Alan Kowicki is there again, right up alongside the race leader. Kowicki started on the outside of the front row. At the stripe, Irvin leads by about a foot. Gant looks to the outside to try and follow Irvin, but Kowicki hanging tough with the Ford on the bottom. Kowicki still there on the inside of Ernie Irvin. This time off turn 
number two. He'll have the nose of his Ford out in front, but Irvin battles back on this back straightaway. Irvin slides around and regains the lead in turn three. And meanwhile, moving up on the outer groove, coming back into turn number three, Harry Gant feels like that he too can get around Alan Klawicki, takes a shot at him in three and four, gets a fender alongside. He is still in the high lane going through turns one and two, and he may move around Klawicki, but now he's battling back for the lead. Klawicki back to the inside of the racetrack again. He'll pull even again with Ernie Irvin here on the back straightaway. Irvin's able to get by. Here comes Gant to the outside of Kowicki. Three cars locked together, battling for the lead of the Miller 400. They cross the stripe. Lap 306 is on the board. Kowicki to the inside. Irvin to the outside. Gant tucked behind, racing for it in turn two. Alan Kowicki once again getting a good bite coming off turn number two. Again, he'll get the nose of his Ford out in front. Here comes Gant to the inside. Three wide going in turn three for a moment, but Gant gets out of the throttle and falls back. Tell you what, that's one thing that makes Harry Gant a consistent finisher in the top five and into victory lane a couple of times every year. Gant knows what's going on up there between Alan Kowicki and Ernie Irvin. He knows they're two hard chargers. And a couple of times he stuck his nose in there a little bit, but not enough to get in trouble in case these two cars really get locked up and go spinning into the wall or something. Harry, for the moment, has the best seat in the house to watch what's going on for the lead. Ease is in on Irvin right now, but the battle for the lead, it's been a dandy for the last five laps. Kowicki and Irvin touch a little bit coming off turn number four. They are still door-to-door going through one and two. Alan Kowicki holds the inside line, trying to pull even about halfway through the turn. They'll run up on the Joe Rutman car. He drops to the inside, wants no part of this action. Back into turn number three though. Irvin scoots around to hold off Alan Kowicki, but Kowicki comes back at him again. Nice move by Rutman. Watching those mirrors, his spotter talking to him, saw the leaders racing side by side, got out of the way, gave him plenty of room to race, and still Kowicki hanging tough down to the inside of Ernie Irvin. Kowicki's car breaks loose just momentarily, about halfway between turns one and two. Here's Gant again looking underneath Alan Kowicki. He thinks better of it though. Falls back in line in third. As far as just pure hard-nosed racing, this is some of the best we've seen all season long. These three cars have been going at it, racing extremely clean. They've touched a time or two, but not enough to spin anybody out or anything else. Ernie Irvin continues to lead. Now the battle's for second place as Harry Gant will take a shot to get around Alan Kowicki and take over the position. He'll do it going into three. Gant falls in line behind Ernie Irvin. Now he'll get a fender out in front of Alan Kowicki, so Kowicki now will have to battle for second. But Kowicki's not going to battle for second. He's going to battle for first. Ernie Irvin slips up in turn number three. Here's Kowicki down low, but they get back to turn number one. Irvin manages to hold the lead for a minute. They touch. Kowicki spins up in turn two. He takes all three cars, go up into the outside wall. Alan Kowicki was the first car to get turned sideways. Ernie Irvin also got crossed up coming through the corner, and so did Harry Gant, but caution is on the speedway. Gant gets his car in a straight line and will head back to the start-finish line, and Harry Gant Right now, we'll race with Kenny Schrader for the lead as both those cars were able to continue, but caution is on the speedway. Bonnie we'll Morgan Shepard also involved there in turn two. His car will not refire. He's hitting down the apron of the racetrack off turn two. Most of the front runners are on pit road. Jim Phillips? All the front runners are on pit road. Kenny Schrader led the parade in. Harry Gant, Ernie Irvin, Alan Kowicki, Bill Elliott, Rusty Wallace, and Sterling Marlin all got four tires and gasoline on this end of pit road. Some great work of the pits. Schrader's crew did some great work down here along with Harry Gant's crew down down to Winston Kelly. Great work also for the Texaco crew. Davey Allison in and out. High fives all the way around down here as he was one of the first cars in and out of pit road. Ricky Rudd also getting four tires and gasoline along with Darrell Waltrip. The only three cars on this end of pit road still on the lead lap. The other cars a lap or more down are now getting four tires and gasoline including 
Kenny Wallace, Bobby Hamilton, Brett Bodine, and Derek Cope. The race off pit road was won by Davey Allison. Kenny Schrader came out second. Harry Gant third. Bill Elliott fourth. Green flag is out. Davey Allison takes off. There's a couple of lap cars directly ahead. He's going to have to thread his way through as they ease out of turn number two. Davey works around the Dale Jarrett car. Now closes in on Rick Wilson and Terry Levani. Those two machines are side by side and directly ahead of the pack of traffic here on the back straightaway is Lake Speed. Into turn number three now. Davey Allison down to the bottom. He will bypass the Rick Wilson car coming off of turn number four. Meanwhile, Schrader and Gant are going to race for second spot. Now they'll come up on some lap traffic. They'll sort that out single file. Schrader takes the outside line now to try to get around the Terry Labonte car. Harry Gant follows that line off turn number two. Labonte drops down low and gives him plenty of racing room. Davey Allison still just with one car to get by. He'll make that move by Lake Speed in turn four. And that will put him clear sailing with no traffic directly ahead for the leader, Davey Allison. 319 laps are on the board. Field works back into turn number three. Battle right now is going to be between Kenny Schrader and Harry Gant. A couple of those green and white automobiles. A couple of the snuff cars, so to speak, trying to snuff each other out as they work around this racetrack. And for the moment, as they work back into turn number one, Harry Gant will move up a notch. Gant's got the second spot, holding off Kenny Schrader. Schrader, they're having to deal with the lap car of Bobby Hamilton. He'll fall in line now behind Harry Gant, going back to turn three. Schrader will run third. Ricky Rudd is fourth. Rusty Wallace is fifth. And Ernie Irvin is sixth. Ricky Rudd does not care to be fourth anymore. He's going to work on Ken Schrader for the third spot. Run down to the inside as they head off into turn number one now, trying to pick up the spot. Right up alongside Kenny Schrader is Ricky Rudd, now trying to squeeze by as they come off turn number two. Here's Ricky Rudd trying to get by the Ken Schrader car. Schrader, though, beats him into turn number three and holds him off for now. You've got to give Waddell Wilson and that crew a lot of credit. They have really continued to work all night long on every pit stop to get Ricky Rudd's car adapted to this racetrack. This used to be one of Ricky's best speedways, but they have really had a little problem all weekend long getting the car to how they wanted it to work around this racetrack, but now they've got her dialed in pretty good, and Rudd is right up in the thick of things. Meanwhile, Davey Allison, the leader, has waved bye-bye to everybody. At trouble out of turn number three. It's Rick Wilson who spins the Snickers Buick going up to the outside of the racetrack. Lost control going into turn number three. The car spun around and comes to rest against the outside wall in turn four. Caution is out for the ninth time in the Miller 400. Rick Wilson spinning. He was running in the 11th position. The first car one lap down. Now he rolls the car down to the bottom of the banking, gets it fired. He's going to try and beat Davey Allison to the start-finish line, but he won't do it. Allison comes back across the stripe to take the caution flag and will go under caution for the ninth time tonight. A couple of things we need to catch up on before we get some pit stops. First of all, we talked a moment ago about Ricky Rudd when he stayed on the racetrack when we went under caution back on lap number 289 and whether or not he was credited with officially leading a lap. Augusta Johnson down our uh, gal in the scoring stand tells us that, yes, Ricky Rudd was credited with leading lap 290, so Ricky Rudd does get five bonus points of the Winston Cup Championship standings and has matched Dale Earnhardt for the evening in that category. Also, the third segment of the race, Ernie Irvin with the fastest lead lap in the Kodak Chevrolet on lap 299. He led that segment in the Tyson Lickety Split Award competition at 118.084 miles an hour. The fastest lead lap of the night earns $1,500, and Rusty Wallace leading after three quarters of the race in the True Value Hard Charger standings over Davey Allison, Ernie Irvin, Harry Gant, and the Allen Kulwicki car. Dale Earnhardt is back on pit road. We said a little bit earlier that Earnhardt and his team have had a little more than their share of bad luck in the last four or five races, and again, he's having his share of it here tonight, Jim Phillips. He sure is. They're trying to check the spark plug wires, Barney, to see if maybe a spark plug wire has come off or maybe uh, got burned by a header pipe. Uh, they're looking over the right side of the engine compartment and now the left side. 
and or probably dropped a valve on his good wrench Chevrolet. I checked with both the Allen Kowicki team and the Ernie Irvin team to check to see if both of those cars were in good shape. Uh, Paul Andrews and Tony Glover said their cars were in good shape. But both cars, no damage to the front ends, so they should be able to race for the win. Dale Earnhardt is being shown in 11th position, but he is one lap down to the rest of the field. So if he can keep her together here for a few more laps, 326, about 74 laps remain in this race. Here's Richard Petty bringing his car back into the pits. His son, Kyle Petty, who banged the wall over in turns one and two a little bit earlier in the evening. They continue to work on that car. Wally Dollenbach also getting some service on his machines. Those are the only three cars on pit road for the moment. When we get towards the conclusion of tonight's Miller 400, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race will be awarded $1,000 from the folks at Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. And, of course, they're racing for a $25,000 seasonal competition as well. Larry McReynolds of the Davey Allison team leads that standings over Tony Glover, Danny Glad, Robin Pemberton, and Kirk Shelmerdine. One to go. Signal being given by Doyle Ford atop the flag stand. We're on lap 327 now, and let's run you back through the cars that are on the lead lap. Davey Allison is out front. Second is Harry Gant. Third is Ernie Irvin. Ken Schrader is fourth. And fifth is Rusty Wallace. Alan Kulwicki is sixth. Ricky Rudd, seventh. Darrell Waltrip, eighth. Bill Elliott, ninth. Sterling Marlin is tenth. Those cars all running on the lead lap. Dale Earnhardt is 11th. He is the only car one lap down. The rest of the cars running from 12th on back are two or more laps down. Lake Speed running in the 12th position at this point. Competition is still good to have 10 cars on the lead lap forming up for that double file restart as the Pontiac pace car is about to hit pit road coming off the banking up in turns three and four. Davey Allison holds them down to a, about 60 miles an hour until they get out of that corner and gets it pointed straight down the front straightaway. And then he makes another one of those jackrabbit takeoffs and will pull away from Harry Gant by two or three car lengths. And again, a lapped automobile is going to be the factor for the second-place car trying to catch the leader. That's Lex Speed separating Davey Allison from Harry Gant on the start. The man who really picked up some ground was Darrell Walton. He jumped around Bill Elliott and Allen Kowicki to gain two spots. Harry Gant's got some heat from Ricky Rudd right in his bumper. This is for second spot now. Rudd trying to hold off Ernie Irvin as well. He's running in the fourth spot, so Gant, Rudd, and Irvin race off into turn two. Rudd goes to work on the lapped car of Lake Speed. He'll go to the outside of that machine off turn two. Ernie Irvin follows his tire tracks to the outside. Also there to deal with the lapped car of Bobby Hamilton back in turn three. At this stage of the race, going into the final 70 laps or so here at Richmond right now, it looks like a free-for-all on that racetrack because you just kind of tap anybody who happens to be handy, and that's what it's been on the last couple of restarts that we've watched here as the laps wind down in the Miller 400. Davey Allison is the leader. Harry Gamp's out of that pack of traffic right now, has daylight to chase him down if he can do it he's eight maybe six to eight car lengths behind davies they work out of turns three and four and back into the front straightaway ricky rudd's feeling the heat right now from ernie Irvin, who is trying to get back up there and take over the third spot it is fast and furious all the way back through the pack in the miller 400 in richmond virginia in the late going 334 of 400 laps are on the board davy allison is the leader by about five car lengths over Harry Gant, then another ten car lengths back to third place Ernie Irvin, a lap car before you get to fourth place Rusty Wallace, and fifth place Ricky Rudd. From there on back, it's quite a scramble. Darrell Waltrip is in sixth. Alan Kowicki's trying to advance on him in seventh, and Kenny Schrader is there in eighth. All of those cars dealing with lap traffic now as they go off into turn one. Kowicki's trying to get by Lake Speed. Right behind him is Jimmy Spencer. That's the car that Ken Schrader's working on, and Schrader finally will go to the outside of that machine here in turn three to bypass him. And Rusty Wallace has been having more than his share of problems getting around Bobby Hamilton's car to work his way a little bit closer to the front. 
Hamilton being shown two laps down as they go off into turn number one door to door. But this time Rusty should be able to clear him and move on up solidly into the fourth position. Have a little better running room to get a run at the front runners. Davey Allison is a leader. 336 laps are on the scoreboard in the Miller 400. Allison out of the corner. Harry Gant beginning to reel in the leader lap by lap. He's chopped it down now to maybe five, six car lengths as they work back into turns one and two. Harry Gant shuts down the distance on Davey Allison. Further back, Ernie Irvin beginning to close in a bit on Harry Gant. And still, Rusty Wallace, after getting by Bobby Hamilton, not really closing in that much. Ricky Rudd, the one being held up now, he too trying to get by the Bobby Hamilton car. Rudd was running in third position on that restart. He has slipped back now. He's now running back in the fifth spot, and he's almost a full straightaway behind leader Davey Allison. And that gap between first and second shrinks even more. Davey down at the inside of the track, slowing just a bit coming off turn two. Brings it back up to speed, but Harry Gant shuts down the distance, closing it down to about four car lengths now. I'm sure, Jim Phillips, you'll there'd be no problem as far as going the distance after that last pit stop, which was made just a few minutes ago. We stopped on lap 313. They all topped off the tank, so no problem with gasoline. It's going to be the team that did the best job on the chassis that time with the tires. What it really boils down to as far as the pit crews are concerned, and they might as well tell their driver on the radio, hey, we did everything we can do. It's up to you. You're on your own right now. And Davey Allison looks in the mirror again coming out of turn number four. Harry Gann is a couple of car lengths closer than he was the last time around. He's cut it down to maybe four right now as he works him back into turns one and two and continues to reel in Davey Allison. Harry Gant closes down the distance again, coming off turn number two, taking a different line than Davey is. Davey's right down at the bottom of the track at the turns, and Harry lets his car go up a little bit higher, but it's working for him as he closes in even more. It just doesn't look like Allison's car is getting through the center of the corners as well as Gantz is, and Harry is chopped it down now to six-tenths of a second from first place to second place. Allison again in turn two. Allison takes it up higher this time, coming off turn number two. Gant follows about the same line. Meanwhile, further back at the pack, Rusty Wallace is beginning to close in on the Ernie Irvin car. That'll be a battle for second, and further behind them, the battle for fifth is good. Alan Kowicki goes to work on Darrell Waltrip. That's been a good one for the last four or five laps around between Kowicki and Darrell Waltrip, who's run a real solid race all night long. In fact, both of these cars have as they head back off into turn number one. Davey Allison continues to lead as he works through turns one and two, heading back to three. Gant gets a little bit closer. He's down to about three car lengths right now. Winston Kelly is in Davy Allison's pit. Are they concerned? There's been a lot of discussions going on among the crew members. There's Robert Yates and Larry McReynolds both looking at the stopwatches. Robert, Robert Harris seems to be catching up a little bit. Has Davey said anything about the car? Well, Harry is running good. Uh, we're just a little bit tight right now. I think it'll come to us. I hope it will at least. Robert, we understand today's a very special day for you and your wife also. Yeah, I've managed to hold our deal together, our marriage for 25 years, and uh, and do what I enjoy, that racing. Married 25 years today, Robert and Carolyn Yates, and as you heard Robert say, the car is just a little bit tight, and that's the reason he's not running quite as quick as he has been. Robert would like to celebrate that 25th anniversary in Victory Lane tonight, but right now, Harry Gant is closing and closing fast on Davey Allison for the lead. Also, a great side-by-side -side battle for third spot. Rusty Wallace out of the inside of Ernie Irvin there in turn one. Those two have made contact several times, Alan, coming off turn number two. This time, set a little bit of different distance between the two, but they're still side by side. Wallace down on the inside of Ernie Irvin. Irvin beats him into turn number three. Wallace battles back, though, on the inside. Now it really is hard to decide what you want to do. Whether you want to watch Harry Gant try to get around Davey Allison because he is there less than a foot or so away for the last lap around, or whether you want to watch that battle between Rusty Wallace and Ernie Irvin. I'm going to watch the one between Ernie Irvin 
and Rusty Wallace. That's where the fireworks like, likely will happen here shortly. They're back in three. They made contact again, this time off turn number two. And again, Irvin hangs tough on the outside with Rusty Wallace is right up with him. And now here's the challenge for the lead. Harry Gant puts the skull bandit down to the bottom of the front straightaway, pulls up alongside Allison in turn one. Harry Gant is there, but also a lap car is there directly ahead. It's the Dave Marcus machine. He's right in the path of Harry Gant, but Gant still holds tough on the inside of Davey. Harry not backing out of the throttle this time. He's going to try and make Allison go out to the outside lane. Marcus sees him coming and goes all the way to the bottom of the racetrack. And that's twice tonight that we've watched Dave Marcus really give way. So he's uh, going to be a candidate for the Pete Cool Move of this race award also. Hot battle for the lead, door to door, out of turn two. And again underneath Davey Allison, halfway down the back straightaway, neither one giving in a bit. Davey, though, now with a fender in front of Gant. Allison trying to keep the car wound up in the high groove. Gant having to kind of bind his up a little bit, trying to get the low groove and run up off the corner. For now, Allison will have the advantage. He slips back out in front by half a car length. So it's Davey Allison leading Harry Gant, then about 25 car lengths back to that third-place battle. We'll focus on that for a moment. Rusty Wallace is holding off Ernie Irvin after running side-by-side for about five laps there. They're single file again, back to turn three. There will be 50 laps to go as they cross the start-finish line and head back into turn number one. Davey Allison now a full car length ahead of Harry Gant. The battle for third has also kind of dissipated for the moment as Rusty Wallace has taken it away from Ernie Irvin, and there's just about a car length separating those two also. Closing in on the finish of the Miller 400 at Richmond International Raceway, MRN Radio bringing you live flag-to-flag coverage this evening. Alan Bestwick along with Barney Hall, Joe Moore, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Bill Bowser are anchoring team tonight. On the racetrack, Davey Allison leads Harry Gant by the slimmest of margins, about a foot and a half. Then it's about five seconds back to Rusty Wallace in third. Ernie Irvin is fourth. Ricky Rudd runs in fifth. Sixth is Darrell Waltrip. Seventh is Ken Schrader. Eighth on the racetrack is Alan Kulwicki right now. Running in the ninth position is Bill Elliott. And tenth is Sterling Marlin. Those cars on the lead lap. Dale Earnhardt is 11th. One lap down. Two laps down in 12th. Bobby Hamilton. Then uh, 13th will be Lake Speed. 14th, Jimmy Spencer. Rick Wilson is 15th. 16th, Jeff Bodine. 17th, Derek Cope. Brett Bodine is 18th. Then running three laps down in the 19th spot will be the automobile of Terry Labonte. 20th is Hutch Strickland. Four laps down in 21st, Michael Waltrip. 22nd, Morgan Shepard. Dale Jarrett, 23rd. And Ted Musgrave, 24th. Running six laps down in 25th is Richard Petty. Running seven laps down in 26th is Wally Dallenbach. And just going behind the wall, being shown currently in 27th spot, is Kenny Wallace, and Bill Bowser is with him. Kenny, uh, not a very long day for you. What happened? Well, some in a drivetrain broke. Carbon, you know, the Team Green Pontiac was running really good. And uh, I, well, they just told me it was a gear that broke. You can hardly hear you in here, but... Uh, you know, that we were running great. It was a good run for us. Kenny Wallace, not a very good day. Kenny, Kenny Wallace, Wallace will be going to that team full-time next year, so kind of getting in a little bit early and getting some experience, uh, seat time, so to speak. And figuring out what it may be like to win the Goodies Headache Award. Five, uh, excuse me, $1,000 to be given by the members of the media in attendance at the Miller 400 tonight. And the driver who suffers the hardest luck during this race, sample of Goodies Headache Powders goes along with that. Kenny Wallace uh, dropping out of the event. He is the fourth car 
to retire from this race. Larry Pearson, Jimmy Means, and Chad Little being the other three. Amazing. 362 laps into this race and only four cars in the garage. That has been a, all year long. The attrition rate has been so very low, and it's a tribute to the mechanics and how hard they work on these cars. The parts and pieces, the technology has changed so much in this business over the years. Normally, in a 400-lap race here at Richmond, say 10 years ago, you would have had 15 and as high as 18 cars in the garage area at this point. But tonight, very low attrition rate. 363 laps are on the board. Davey Allison is still the leader. Harry Gant, for the moment, uh, probably waiting a little bit later in the race to make maybe one final or a couple of final charges to try and take that lead away as they work through three and four. They look directly ahead. There's about five, six lap cars and some of the slow cars as the smoke continues to build a little bit more on Michael Waltrip's ailing machine, limping through turns one and two. They've been picking their way through traffic, Barney, the last uh, five laps or so, so Harry really hasn't had a chance to try to make a stab at getting by Davey. Once again, back into turn three, they approach some traffic with Joe Rutman car and Richard Petty. Both cars go single file to the outside lane. Harry Gant trying to sweep the weekend here in Richmond, Virginia. Harry winning in the Bush Grand National Series Auto Light 200 last night. Pretty good race. He held off a great run by Robert Presley to win. Dale Jarrett was third. Michael Waltrip was fourth. Morgan Shepard was fifth. Kenny Wallace finished 15th and Bobby Labonte 16th. Labonte came into the race with a one-point lead in the Bush Grand National Championship standings. Kenny Wallace comes out of the race with a two-point lead. As those teams head to Dover next Saturday, need to mention also one uh, follow-up item out of that race today. NASCAR Bush Grand National Director Robert Black has recommended a suspension from Bush Grand National Racing for Ernie Irvin as a result of some actions both on the track and after last night's race here in Richmond. Black has recommended that probation, which would last under his recommendation through October 8th to the vice president of competition for NASCAR, Les Richter. Mr. Richter will now make the decision whether to impose that penalty or not. We'll kind of wait and see what happens in that one. Laps are winding down. 367 are on the scoreboard in the Miller 400 here at the Richmond International Raceway. Harry Gant continues to chase Davey Allison as he has for the last half hour. Here they are working their way out of turn number four and back into the straightaway. They're about to encounter a couple of cars. Let's go to pit road. Well, speaking of Harry Gant, don't have too many more laps to get it done. Andy, you've chased Davey Allison. Can you get by him? That looks pretty strong now. I don't know. How about your car right now? Well, it's a little bit tight. It's been tight all night. We've adjusted on a little bit. We've got it about the fence we've added. And I don't know if it's going to be good enough to beat it. That's Andy Feature, the crew chief for Harry Gannon. and he said where he's having the most trouble is when he comes off turn two. The car wants to push up towards the wall, and the, all the times he's tried to pass Davey Allison, that's where he could not get by. And that is a crucial part of this Richmond International Raceway. He's going to have to find a way to get the job done if he wants to get by Davey Allison for the lead. Also watching a good scramble for the fourth position. Ernie Irvin has it. Ricky Rudd wants it. He's been looking low and looking high. And a moment ago, Joe Moore even got underneath the Kodak car. Yeah, pretty close scramble going on there as Ricky Rudd is trying his best. Once again, off turn number two, he'll try to look to the inside. There's some lap traffic directly ahead. So Rudd will settle in behind Ernie Irvin for now. Ricky Rudd currently rides in the fifth position. Meanwhile, 
try to overtake Dale Earnhardt for the Winston Cup championship run. Earnhardt is being shown back in 11th position for the moment. Harry Gant takes a look on the inside, heading down the back straightaway of Davey Allison. After cooling him for a while, Gant's on the charge, trying to make his move right to the inside of Davey Allison. Maybe Gant cooling his tires after trailing in Allison's tire tracks for the last 15, 20 laps. He's down to the inside of the Haviland Ford. They go off at a turn number one. Allison's going to try and shut the door on him. Gant is there, though. They'll race side by side. Davey tried to come down and close the door, but couldn't quite do it. Gant was already up alongside, and on the back straightaway, Harry almost pulls even, but Davey squirts out in front to hold him off again. It's going to be awfully hard for Harry Gant to make the move he needs to, and that will be to drive the car very deep into turn number one and have it stick for him. That's where he needs to move around Davey Allison. He took a good shot at it the last lap around, but the car just would not hold down for him. Now Gant's going to have to back off a little bit, cool those tires down, and maybe take one or two more shots at Davey before this one is over. Doesn't have all that much time left. They'll complete 374 laps when they come out of turn number four and back down to the line. Harry's going to try it one more time. He gets the fender alongside. He's going to drive it deep to the bottom of the racetrack, but the car's got to stick if he's going to make it work. Harry pulls up alongside, dead even about halfway between turns one and two. This is what tells the story off turn number two. Gant's still there, but now at the end of the back straightaway, he falls back in line behind Davey Allison. The car just does not want to run straight up off the bottom of turn number two. It wants to kick out. The back end wants to turn to the right. Gant says, if the bottom won't work, I'll try the top. He looks to the outside of Davey Allison on the front straightaway. Has to fall back in line single file as Allison protects the outside. Again, Harry Gant will just kind of cool the tires this time. Following the tire tracks of Davey Allison, he does peek to the inside. Sees no chance to make the move. So again, he'll follow Davey to turn three. And he's got one other problem also. The car not sticking like he wants it to, but he's also battling one of the strongest cars on the Winston Cup circuit as far as horsepower. I don't think there's a team uh, out here that has a car in this race tonight that can put any more horsepower than a car than Robert Yates has for Davey Allison. And just about all the crew chiefs and engine builders will say that, buddy, when you go up against those guys, you're running against one of the toughest in the business. And Harry Gantz giving it everything he can. And so far, he's been uh, unable to do it. Harry Gantz going after leader Davey Allison again. you got to give old Harry all the credit in the world. Man, he has thrown everything but the kitchen sink at Davey Allison. And Davey Allison so far has been able to hold him off. They're working out of turn number two. Gant takes one more shot at him, but again, that horsepower advantage apparently that he has for Davey Allison is going to work for him down the backstretch. Well, maybe it won't. Gant rattles back down to the bottom of turn number four. This time, it's a dead heat at the start-finish line. Terry Labonte right in front of the two leaders. They're racing back off at a turn number one. Gant squirts out front. Allison fights back. Allison on the outside will hold Harry Gant. Now here comes Gant. He gets around to take the lead. Harry Gant finally gets by, using the car of Terry Labonte as a pick. Let's give both these drivers all the credit in the world. They're racing hard, but they've tapped each other a time or two, racing clean, cut each other a little slack a couple of times when they could have really turned one another around and went into the outside wall. Harry Gant did what he had to do. He finally got the inside groove, got solidly up alongside Davey Allison, and then gradually forced Davey to get a little bit higher and higher coming through the corners, and that's Davey's weak point, and now Harry Gant is the leader. We're in the final 15 laps of the Miller 400 in Richmond, Virginia. Harry Gant is trying to make it two wins in a row on the Winston Cup circuit. He leads Davey Allison by three car lengths. Down in the pit area, Jim Phillips. We're down in the Rusty Wallace pit where Eddie Dickerson has just been named the Western Auto Mechanic of the race. Eddie, congratulations. $1,000 to you. Well, it, this is great. Uh, all these Miller guys, they, uh, they helped me get here. You know, this is our team. I'd like to say hello to everybody back home. My little boy, Chad, it's his birthday. Uh, we're having a wonderful day. Win, lose, and draw here, you know. We'd like to get on up there and get the checkered flag. We'd like to see how we come out. 
thousand dollars to Eddie. It goes to the twenty-five thousand dollars end of the year. As his man Rusty Wallace right now sets in third position. Rusty's had a good run here tonight. Three hundred and eighty-seven laps are on the scoreboard. Let's pause ten seconds on MRN radio for station identification. Allison might have just used up his car a little bit more than he needed to, trying to hold Harry Gant off a moment ago. He came out of turn number four about three laps back and almost got into the wall coming out of that corner. That car is really getting out awfully close to this concrete here at the start-finish line. In fact, he might have even scrubbed it a little bit. Couldn't really tell, but it looked like he got awfully close to it. Now Harry Gant's pulled away. Joe Moore by, what, about five car lengths? Looks to be about five or six car lengths, and he's gaining even more ground as he comes down the back straightaway. Harry beginning to approach some lap traffic. He'll go by Wally Dollar back. Now that car separates him from Davey. Harry Ganoff of turn number four across the start-finish line. Ten laps to go. Just ten more trips around the Richmond International Raceway, and Harry Gant will be a Winston Cup winner for the second week in a row. He's in two. Harry flashes by the Sterling Marlin car now in turn number two. Davey Allison finally getting by Wally Dolan back. Still about a five-car length separation between Gant and Davey Allison. I'll tell you what, they've given us some thrills here tonight, both Harry Gant and Davey Allison, the kind of racing they put on, and the fans have been jumping up and down, and nobody's leaving this one to kind of see how it comes out. Meanwhile, third place continues to be Rusty Wallace. Fourth is Ernie Irvin. Not a real battle there for a position between those two about a straightaway separate them. Ricky Rudd is currently being shown in fifth position. He's a good 10 car lengths behind Ernie Irvin. Then comes Alan Kowicki, who also is sandwiched out pretty good. And behind him is Darrell Walker. That's the running order all the way back through the top seven as we approach the final eight laps here at Richmond International Raceway. As they continue to zing around here, you got to give Harry Gant all the credit in the world. Gant just kept working and working on Davey Allison. He worked him inside, outside. He showed a little patience. He showed a little aggressiveness, a little bit of everything. It's paid off for Harry Gant as he comes off turn number four to put another lap on the scoreboard. Lap traffic could come into play here before this one's over as Harry Gant moves it back into turns one and two. And there's about five cars he's going to have to get around before this race is over. I'm at the... He is out of turn number two and heading up to Joe Moore. Harry Gant is picking his way around traffic. No problems at all. The car seems to be handling as if he had brand new tires on it. Kind of takes a midway groove as he approaches the lap car of Rick Mast. Black flag being shown from the starter stand of the Lake Speed car, dragging his back bumper on the racetrack, and he'll be returning to pit road shortly. Meanwhile, Harry Gant working more lap traffic in turn two. He'll take a high line to get around the Rick Mast car and will close in on Jeff Bodine here on the back straightaway. Davey Allison kind of picking the same Proved to make the pass by some of the lap traffic as well, but still not gaining any at all on Gant. We we're talking about Harry Gant last night here in the Autolite 200 when he ran the Bush Grand National Race here. And uh, his, one of his favorite sayings is when you talk about when he wins a race, what kind of race was it or whatever, and then he gets back in the garage area. Talking among the guys, just kind of kidding, he always says, I really like to wear out them high school boys. Harry Gant is 51 years of age, probably nobody on the racetrack. Uh, in this division or in the Bush division, in any better physical shape than Harry Gant is. He puts another lap on the board, five more to go, make that four more to go, as Harry Gant works his way back into traffic over in turn two. He'll close in on the four to Jeff Bodine, and Bodine gives him plenty of racing room. He'll drop down to the inside of the track. Now Bodine comes back up in front of Harry Gant, but Gant's not going to push the issue. He'll wait till they get to turn three and now swing around to the outside to make his pass. All the fans on their feet at the Richmond International Raceway watching Harry Gant as he crosses the start-finish line 
line. Three laps to go. Davey Allison still a steady five car lengths behind Gant as he goes back into turn one. Gant now moving up on the Brett Bodine car. Davey Allison closes in maybe by another car length, but still no danger of getting by Harry Gant. Here comes Gant back into turn number three. He'll get around Bodine and drop down to a lower groove. Harry Gant still got plenty of breathing room. Davey Allison about four or five car lengths behind. Two laps to go now as they work it back into turns one and two. Gant taking his time, getting around that lap traffic, and I think Davey Allison for the moment has made up his mind that unless something happens to Harry Gant, he is not very likely to win this race. They're back in three. Yeah, Davey's not taking any shots at all. He realizes that uh, he's going to finish with what he's got in the car right now and hope that things will hold together for now. The car even slipping now as he comes through turns three and four. It looks like he's going to settle for a second. Gant across the start-finish line. White flag from Doyle Ford. Harry Gant is on the final lap of the Miller 400 in turn two. Gant goes around more lap traffic. He'll pull up on the Rick Wilson car off turn number two. Here down this back straightaway for the final time. Harry Gant about to make it a big, big weekend at Richmond. Harry Gant comes through three and four. Pretty much the same line he's taken all night, heading down to take the checkered flag and win the Miller 400. Harry Gant wins it, making it two Winston Cup races in a row. Davey Allison will finish second. Running in third position will be Rusty Wallace. Finishing fourth unofficially should be Ernie Irvin, and rounding out the top five would be Ricky Rudd. Let's go to Pit Road. I'll tell you, Andy Preacher is a happy man right now. He talks to his driver. Well, you said you didn't know, and when he got by, he went on. Yeah, I'll tell you, Larry's pretty tough. I didn't know if he, you know, if he had the car to do it, but, you know, he was really tough there at the end, and, and what a race, you know, great race. Andy Petrie, the crew chief, as a happy crew goes to victory lane. Standing alongside Davey Allison. Davey had a strong car all day long, but Harry seemed to have you at the end. What happened there toward the end? Well, you know, first of all, I want to congratulate Harry for running me a good race. You know, we ran a lot of laps there side by side, and he could have just muscled me out of the way if he wanted to, but he raced me clean. He's a gentleman, you know, and uh, congratulations to him. Uh, that last set of tires we put on was a little bit loose coming off as the first set we had like that all night. But that's the way it goes sometimes. Our crisp Texaco Havlin Krispy Kreme Thunderbird ran good. We got second. We led the most laps, I'm sure, and uh, we'll leave here and try to go get some more points next week. With the exception of that last set of tires, you had to be pleased with the entire combination tonight. You had the horsepower and the handling. You had to come back several times with some problems in the pits and having to come back in also another time. Well, we had a lug nut hang up in a, in a socket on the impact wrench on the right rear on that one pit stop when we had such a big lead. And uh, that put us behind, but we were able to come all the way back up to second place on the racetrack. Next round of pit stops, we beat everybody out of the pits, and uh, then we got black flagged to the tail end of the line. Uh, they said we were running too fast on pit road, and I guess we were. I don't know. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. And, you know, we came back up through the field again to lead some more laps, and uh, we come out here with a second place. So I got to say thanks to all the guys in the engine shop at home for doing such a great job for me. And Larry McReynolds and the rest of this crew is doing a super job on the chassis. These cars are running great. We're going to go to Dover next week and try to get them. Davey's still able to manage to smile. A good, strong second-place run tonight. Gains a lot of Winston Cup points on Dale Earnhardt. Now let's go over to Bill Bowser. Rusty Wallace had a great run today, too, up front from all the race. And uh, Rusty just not quite there, though. Now, the car ran great the whole day. I'm, I'd just like to thank the motor crew. They did a good job, and the car handled good. But, uh, man, I don't know what happened out there. I, we came in side-by-side side with the pace car, stopped and left, and then we got penalized for going too fast. So I don't know where I went too fast at, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I think I had a good car. Davey and Harry obviously did, and Ernie and a bunch of guys. But uh, I'll take a third and go on home. That feels good. Ernie Irvin also up in the top five. Yeah, we had a pretty good run. You know, uh, we've never run good here at Richmond. So if we can come home in the top five, we're pretty happy with it. You know, Dale, Dale had a little bit of trouble. So we gained on them valuable ones to cut points. Kelly? 
And down in Victory Lane, meanwhile, Harry Gant is celebrating, becoming the first back-to-back winner of the Winston Cup Series, his third victory of the season and first ever at Richmond. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, if you count last night, three races in a row, Harry Gant, a great night and a great battle with Davey Allison. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, Davey put on a heck of a race. I'm telling you, I'd run easy all night until I got behind Davey, and I was running with all I had then. i got to give my hats off there to the boys up in our motor room in Asheville. This motor ran right with that forward today. You know, they, you know, the 28 car is noted for having the most power out there. And uh, we had a good chassis, but our engine stayed right there. And this is the same car and the same engine that we ran last week at Darlington. And uh, it worked good there, and it, it sure put it on here good tonight. We're just tickled to death. Uh, you know, we can just keep making progress like we've made in the last two or three weeks with our engine and chassis. We're going to be in good shape. Our team done a super job of getting me out of the pits tonight, you know, and the skull. Uh, Bandido's Mobile, you know, uh, this worked good. And I think our sponsor, Skull, U.S. Tobacco Company, boy, it's been two in a row. Then one last night in a Whitaker Skull car. So, you know, we're, we're doing all we can do uh, for our sponsors. Our team's working hard. Our engine shop's working hard. Leo and the boys working hard on chassis, and it's really been paying off. It looked like to me in turn two is where you was having your most trouble. When you came off turn two, that's where you finally clinched the victory. Yeah, it, it depends on where you want to run at. You want to run hard, you run one place, you want to take it easy, run to another. And I chose to take it easy and run a higher line off. Uh, if I run low, I'd spin the wheel. So the thing, Davey was using his head. The thing about it, who wore the tires out was going to, whoever didn't, going to be the best car. And so, uh, you know, I just fought him, fought him. It looked like he was never going to ever slip any. And, you know, finally he slipped a little bit, and I got by. Then the hardest thing for me was to keep my car going straight so he wouldn't pass me back. Did it help you any at all running last night to see these lights and get used to them before tonight's race? I tell you what, it helped me 100% last night running. I don't, maybe it wouldn't have won tonight if I didn't Some things were learned last night. We put in this car today, just like we did at Darlington last week, and um, it worked. How about the close call you had over there with Kawicki and Irvin? Well, they started spinning. I saw them, and I went down, and Morgan, he didn't see them, I don't reckon. He ran into me. I done a completely circle there and ended up going the same way I was going. I only lost one position. I thought he messed the toe in up the way it scrubbed the tires off, but it seemed to, I think it might have helped it a little bit after that. It seemed to run a little better. Harry Gant, the winner of the Miller Genuine Draft. He's still getting it done at 51 years of age. 14th career Winston Cup victory. I wonder how Harry's going to celebrate tonight. Heard kind of a funny story after he won the Bush Grand National Series race last night. He and some of the other members of the team were on the way back to the hotel. Happens to be the same one we were staying at and stopped at a convenience store. And they said Harry was about more excited for the three hot dogs for 99 cents special than he was in victory lane after winning the race. <laughs> tell you what, Harry Gant sounded like he's just getting ready to start the race. I don't think I've heard two happier people. Davey Allison finishing second sound like he was ready to get in and go another 400 laps. Harry sounds the same way. Unofficially, our calculations in the Winston Cup Series standings, Ricky Rudd finishing fifth. Dale Earnhardt back at 11th will allow Ricky Rudd to pick up 20 points in the Winston Cup standings this week. That would put him unofficially 69 behind Earnhardt. Let's go to Winston Kelly. And Ricky Rudd here exchanging pleasantries with Ernie Irvin. Ricky, good run for you tonight. You seem to be stronger at the end than any other time during the race. Well, we really missed the chassis pretty bad earlier in the night, and then the guys, uh, they worked, and between the two crews, between our crew and Schrader's crew, they came up with a tire combination that really worked on my car at the end of the race. And right late in the race, I had run Ernie down and caught him, and Rusty wasn't too far in front of him, and then we had a power steering belt fall off. Uh, well, actually, a piece of rubber flew up off the racetrack and knocked the belt off. So, so really lucky to finish, I guess. Got to feel good about the point situation unofficially around 69 points behind Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, you know, we're reeling them in. Uh, you know, Dale had an off day. We had an off day, but made it a good day. The crew made it a good day for us, and... You know, we gained a few more points, so we still got seven, eight races to go. Ricky Rudd comes home fifth tonight in the Tide Chevrolet.
Time for the MRN crew to select the Peak Antifreeze Coolest Move of the Race Award. The winner to get $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. Let's open it up on the backstretch with Joe Moore. Well, the best move I saw, Alan, was the one with uh, Jimmy Spencer when he was directly in front of the race leaders just past the halfway mark. His car broke loose coming off turn two where everyone else had trouble tonight. He made a great save directly in front of the race leaders. I'll vote for Jimmy Spencer. Jim Phillips. Well, I saw the move that Harry Gant made to save himself and the race when Alan Kowicki and Ernie Urban got together on the back straightaway, so my vote goes to Harry Gant. And Winston Kelly. I'm going to have to go along with Harry Gant for really biding his time until he got the right opportunity to pass Davey Allison, and then he took it on to win both races this weekend, so Harry Gant gets my nomination. And our man in the garage tonight, Bill Bowser. Hey, old and cool, got to go with Harry Gant. (laughs) Barney, what do you think? Well, I'm going to have to go. Gant made a lot of cool moves. There's no question. You kind of hate to see the winner get everything. So I'm going to cast a vote in the direction of Jimmy Spencer. He did make a great move a couple of times here tonight. But Harry Gant will win the $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant as the peak cool move of the race. And our congratulations to Harry Gant. Gant will also be inducted into the Gatorade Circle of Champions for his win here tonight in the Miller 400. Davey Allison collects the Tyson Lickety Split Award for turning the fastest lap as a race leader, 108.0. 084 miles an hour. That coming on lap number 321. Allison also is the True Value Hard Charger Award winner tonight for being in the top five more than any other driver all night long. And Eddie Dickerson of the Rusty Wallace crew was tonight's Western Auto Mechanic of the Race. The red glow of taillights beginning to stream out of the parking lot at Richmond International Raceway as the Miller 400 has just gone into the record books. Harry Gant being uh, taken picture of by the paparazzi in Victory Lane, recording his victory tonight in the Miller 400. Mark Martin has been awarded the Goodies Headache Award from the members of the media in attendance tonight. $1,000 to Mark, plus a $250 donation to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, from Goodies Manufacturing in Mark Martin's name. Barney, you and I were talking about the Habitampa and Philly Cigars Close But No Cigar Award, and really, I don't think there could be anybody else but Davey Allison. No, there's no simply no other choice tonight as hard as Davey and Harry ran in those final laps for the win here and Davey finishing second. He certainly deserves the Have a Tampa Award. $500 to Davey Allison on behalf of MRN Radio and the folks at Have a Tampa and Philly Cigars. Let's take a look at the finishing order. Harry Gant will win the race. Davey Allison finishes second. Rusty Wallace runs third. Ernie Irvin is fourth. Alan Kowicki finishes fifth. Ricky Rudd is sixth. Darrell Waltrip seventh. Kenny Schrader finishes eighth. Bill Elliott ninth. Sterling Marlin tenth. Uh, 11th is Dale Earnhardt. Bobby Hamilton will finish 12th. 13th goes to Rick Wilson. 14th to Jeff Bodine. 15th to Jimmy Spencer. 16th to Derek Cope. 17th position will go to Lake Speed. 18th to Brett Bodine. 19th to Terry Labonte. And rounding out the top 20, Dale Jarrett. 21st will be the Hutt Strickland car. Ted Musgrave finishes 22nd. 23rd, Morgan Shepard. Richard Petty, 24th. Wally Dallenbach, 25th. 26th was Kyle Petty. Rick Mast was 27th. 28th, Joe Rutman. Dave Marcus, 29th. Michael Waltrip, 30th. 31st, Kenny Wallace, 32nd, Greg Sachs, Mark Martin, 33rd, Chad Little, 34th, 35th, Jimmy Means, Larry Pearson finished 36th and last on the field. There were nine cautions in the race, seven different drivers led tonight's Miller 400. Average speed of the race unofficially 101.336 miles an hour. That is a new average speed record for a 300-mile, 400-lap race here at Richmond International Raceway. It was a pretty good show. Yeah, it didn't start out that way with all the yellow flags we had early, and then all of a sudden the race kind of stabilized, and we went caution-free for a long, long way. But the show was great. As we said, uh, some of the best racing we've seen all season, and uh, I'm really... uh, watched Harry Gant and Davey Allison as you heard Davey say down there they raced each other as clean but about as hard as you'll see that was one of the best battles of the year 
So that'll do it tonight. From here in Richmond, like to thank Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson. Handled the scoring loop for us tonight. Our production assistants, Ted Stone and Mike Bagley. You heard from Joe Moore, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Bill Bowser on our broadcast tonight. And for Barney Hall, I'm Alan Bestwick congratulating Harry Gant, winner tonight of the Miller 400. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Richmond International Raceway. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Engineers, Harry Howard and Vince Marzello. Affiliate relations, Clay Stalka and David Hyatt. Assistant, Cheryl Knight, Stephanie Ellis, and Sandy Good. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN's Throwback Thursday has been brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. Throwback Thursday can be found on demand at MRN.com, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Throwback Thursday is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved.